Hey everyone, welcome back to the BMX in our blood. You are going to love this episode. I'm just going to warn you now. It's pretty hilarious. Gary Young is an amazing guy. So many good stories were brought out through your questions sent in through Instagram on Gramdad2000. And definitely was awesome to have Chris Doyle sit in on the interview, who is a good friend of Gary Young's. That brought out even more good stories and good questions from Chris as well. So, we'll see you all soon again at the Wheel Mill in Pittsburgh for the Next Generation Jam. I've got some awards that I've worked up that will be used as part of the event along with many other great awards for the kids at that event. It's an all-ages event but really primarily geared toward the kids. So, also, thank you all for jumping on the www.thebmxinourblood website where you can listen to all past episodes and the current episode since they're all linked through that website. You can also donate or buy merchandise, which helps the show in a great way. So, very much appreciated and special thanks to Brian Iorochi for working on that website and getting it going that was a huge huge help thank you brian and also an ongoing thank you to nuno Oliveira for working on the weekly podcast announcement that i use on instagram so thank you nuno lastly i wanted to thank dale holmes of the high low podcast he just posted an interview with simon tavern which was really really good vert rider x games competitor really amazing personality and Dale has been a real advocate of of my podcast as well and I very much appreciate it so um, let's support each other that's the whole point of this we're all doing this for fun to get the word of BMX out there Dale's doing a great job in his way and I hope I'm doing the best I can for you all in keeping this interesting so let's keep the ball rolling Have a fantastic week, and we'll see you soon. Next week's Tom Dugan, and then I'll be off to record more. Take care. Bye. He definitely is the rock star lifestyle. How old is Tom? Who knows? Who knows? He's anywhere between 17 and 50. <laughs> <laughs> he's not revealing? No, I don't know. Uh, I think he's 29. Is he? Yeah. Really? I wouldn't have guessed. <laughs> I'm serious. He's got that youthful look and like he's just, I don't know. He, he's just laid back just like, I don't know. That's not an indicator he's a, he's of age, a, but he's a character and it makes him seem younger He's than a that, free spirit. Even. Like he... Yeah, yeah. kind of down for whatever. Yeah, right, right. Gotcha. Welcome to the BMX in Our Blood. I'm here with Gary Young. Thank you, Gary. I Hello. really appreciate you doing this. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I know we had to do a little juggling to get this done, but we did. We're here. Absolutely. It's been a busy weekend. Yeah. Uh, everybody here in Pittsburgh, it's just the Potosnys, like put together such like good events and stuff. So uh, yeah. it's cool to see like the scene thrive like it is. Um, 
it's a pleasure to be here. I'm stoked. Yeah, that's awesome. And and yeah, I mean, talking with Brian Kaczynski yesterday about the Uncovered series and that you guys are uh, on a trip. I just think it's it, working around this, the Welcome Jam yesterday and and today, you know, Van and Brian's event. I just think it's cool. And then you've got a shop visit and raise, I believe, coming yeah. up. Yeah, so the, uh, making it for today, today's uh, the Uncovered thing. And that was just like a bonus. Um, we were planning on doing uh, a couple jams like here and raise, uh, here being the wheel mill. And then the other one popped up and we're like, well, we don't have anything planned that day, and it's yeah. rainy. It's like yeah. you're in the, the northeast, and was it, is it winter or spring? And um, yeah, we're still winter. So, so it's long. like, all right, like yeah, we'll totally be there. Yeah, <laughs> got nothing else going on. Which is so cool because, as I'm sure you noticed yesterday, you know people people recognize you, people are happy to see you, and they're probably surprised to see you if they weren't <laughs> paying attention to your schedule and. Uh, I just see that kids are pumped. You know, kids are pumped to hang out. So, did you have fun riding with with kids yesterday and meet, oh, yeah. meeting a bunch? And it's so awesome. Even like the hotel we're staying at, um, came downstairs. I'm like, still like half asleep, like trying to figure out how to make the waffle in the morning. <laughs> I always add like a bunch of stuff to my waffle. And right. I'm like just sitting there doing it, and the kid comes up like, hey, I'm like, yeah, like am I on your way? Like. Your illustrated part was so sick, and like I was like, "Oh, dude, how's it going?" <laughs> like he was a rider. It's like, "That was awesome, like riding with you yesterday." And it's like, "Gonna be there today." And so that's a, was that the Vans illustrated? Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Yep. And so yeah, it should be fun. Uh, that's it, it's rad to like be around so many like BMX brethren and. Like, yeah. even, like, people I just hadn't seen in a while. Like, I saw Bennett, and I was like, whoa, what are you doing here? Yeah. And, like, right after I said that, I was like, what are you doing there? I'm in Pittsburgh. <laughs> He's from, what am I doing here? <laughs> right, right. He's practically from here, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's pretty funny. Bennett, Bennett's a definitely a popular character, for sure. He's, yeah. he's been around for a while. Dude, no, no so doubt. good. Like, I don't know, he's always, like, an inspiration for me, because he, like, spun both ways and just... So talented. Yeah, it, more of a trail guy, thing. right? I yeah. Mean, it's, although, I mean, yeah. Although we did a little bit. He can do bit, anything, right? though. Put him on ramps, street, like, all, all of his parts are unbelievable. Yeah, right, absolutely. I was right. like that, like, a, just well-rounded riders. Like, sure. I feel like in today's, like, day and age, like, there's, everyone's getting, like, so good at, like, their niches that, like, you don't get to see, like, how well-rounded some people are, like Garrett Reynolds, like he is known for like being like such an amazing street rider. Mm -hmm. Dude is an amazing ramp rider. He, he can do anything. Like really, same like Dakota. Like there's so many dudes that like they, they can ride anything, but right. like the way it is, like just focus on like one thing. Right, right. I got you. I got you. And that's what they've been successful at. Whether yeah. whether it be a contest or just whatever it is right yeah so that's that's good but all right so enough about the other people this really truly is about you all right uh, but uh just give me a little background as as far as um i mean obviously i i know you through nuno yes. at odyssey and you're on a trip that's part of qvp odyssey and of course your sponsors that's right yep so. just going here and uh 
to raise and your phone covered, but I guess we covered that. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. There he is. Sorry, I'm late. Don't worry, you're not late at all. You've, uh... Is this me right here? No, you're here, buddy. Just so we can, so we can hear you okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Get in where you fit in. If you don't mind, that's right. So we were just covering the basics with Gary. Okay. Much of which you know, but I don't. So, from San Diego, always from... Uh, all my, like, moved out when I was three, uh, but from Southern California. Yeah, yeah. My family's from Idaho originally, but, um, we've just been, that, my whole life I've spent in, in San Diego. Yeah, I know. When did you pick up BMX? Because it gets interesting with you, because in the questions that I have for you, people keep mentioning Vic Murphy and, uh, Dirt Brothers? Yeah, the Dirt Bros. Yeah. Um... So, I picked up BMX probably like when I was 9 or 10, and um, I think that's pretty like a low period for BMX, and I guess I was coming out of it, like it's like early 90s, mm-hmm. and um, started riding with it, and so I got into racing, and racing was awesome, and then after that, like... Got introduced to um, like freestyle by going to this event called the Chicken Jam. Uh, it was at the Moreno Valley Skate Park, and that was like the first time that I got like got to see pros and like even ride a wooden ramp and everything. And uh, that was just so eye opening. Like it was like, oh, this is what these dudes do. Like this is awesome. Uh, I remember Sean McKinney was there. Uh, <laughs> worked at S&M forever and like he immediately like took me under his wing was just like super cool to me and um, I remember just being so stoked like on like everything that like encapsulated like the BMX lifestyle that was like dude this is this is incredible I like want to do this more and so that really like opened it up to be like this is my passion um, so it started with racing, and then it, it kind of morphed into that so, where you met these guys, or how? how let's see. So after come? like, so I was racing, and um, after I started racing, no, like before, I don't know how it worked. Like, there was still like some like little jumps near me and stuff, sure. and then my mom knew that like I was going out riding bikes every day, so she got me into racing, and then um, around the same time. There was a found like an actual like dirt jumping spot that uh, a bunch of dudes were building at, and um, really just got more heavily into like the freestyle, like doing tricks and stuff. And in races, like there was this kid that could always beat me. Didn't matter how hard like I tried, I was always coming in second. And, um, and so I was just doing tricks behind him because that's I was like, well, that's what I want to be doing anyway. And, like finally, like one day, my mom's like do you want to be racing or do you want to go do tricks? And I was like, I guess, like, I have more fun doing tricks. And she's like, why don't you just do that? Right. <laughs> Probably to save, like, some of the entry fees. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Tell me what you really want to do. Yeah. Because if you just want to go, you know, ride open parks and that, then... Yeah. Well, we didn't really have parks back then, like, legitimately. Like, so I, I rode this one, like, dirt spot for the first three or four years of riding and like just down there daily and then um then that contest happened i was talking about the chicken jam Mm -hmm. and that was like my first time like 
dropping in and like riding wood ramps and everything. And uh, I ended up getting uh, second place at the contest and uh, it got like written up in Ride BMX magazine really? and like said I went at it with a rooftop style and then my mind was being like blown. With a rooftop style? Yeah, yeah, because oh, wow. I jumped out of the park like and got killed, like completely melted. But like out of like a quarter over a fence, like into the parking lot, and wow, yeah, the, that's fun. That's a very non Gary Young thing to it? do. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like it sounds so out of character. <laughs> wow. So, what were the dirt trails called, by the way? Uh, Tech Tech Lodi. Um, then like there was super famous ones, and that were like less than five or six miles from my house, but I didn't go to those until like good five years into riding. Uh, Mission Trails, those yeah. were like the legendary ones with like the death gap. Yeah, I've, I've heard what Volker stories, you know, all yeah, kind of they all, people yeah. about that. Like the, I think they held like contests down there, like too hip and stuff, but they, they didn't get in touch with like the dirt bros, so like created like this controversy. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. There was beef apparently a long, right. long time ago. <laughs> Wouldn't have it any other way back then, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's so. Someone, uh, a lot of people ask about skate parks. So, you, when did you start riding parks? Because um, here's a question from a guy that follows me. Uh, Dom rides bikes. He says, "What was the first skate park you ever rode?" I would have to be the Moreno Valley one. Um, in was it? Uh, it's called Skate Underground, and um, yeah, that opened my eyes. I was like, "Whoa!" Uh, but like, I don't like ridden dirt and like build a ramp and just have it like be done instead of like shoveling and shoveling and like the dirt in San Diego is not the dirt that you guys have here in Pittsburgh and Pennsylvania. <laughs> so like, yeah. our shovels are like we have like. Maybe like an inch or so of like nice dirt and then sand and then like hard dry clay. Right. And so building there is not enjoyable. <laughs> Say. So it was easy to start heading to the skate yeah, park. Yeah, so like going to the skate park, it was like, oh, this is like just press the easy button and <laughs> go ride bikes. <laughs> and actually, uh, some, you know Josh Hayes? Yeah. So he well, well. First of all, he has a little love letter. He calls it. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit this quick and then ask a dirt brother's question. But he said again, I'm writing you with questions, but this time this is really close to home. Gary is a dear friend of mine. I have been privileged to be connected with him for the last 18 years or so. Honestly, one of the most genuine humans. Uh oh, we're in front of Chris Doyle at the same time. We're saying this, this is gonna be a battle of genuine humans. Um, <laughs> But uh, he's ever encountered with a very funny way of being stern, but at the same time not making you feel bad for being an idiot. <laughs> I love sharing time with him and soaking in his upbeat positivity no matter what the situation. Enough of my love letter, haha. So, uh, so anyway, Josh is a good dude. He's, he's, he's amazing. He, yeah. uh, he's one of those dudes that's just not scared to follow his dreams. Like, yeah. he... It's like, I'm going to go to school and like, be a photographer. So like, he left and he's like, out of the scene for a while. And then he comes back and all of a sudden he's taking kick-ass photos and marries uh, his beautiful wife. And like, he's like, oh, I want to go to school in Austria. And so off to Austria like, and somehow in like, the 
don't know, it's getting off on him. But, no, that's uh, all right. That's yeah. okay. Like, he didn't ever, like, tell us that, like, he was, uh, he got into, like, fixed gears. And it was just, like, something like, like, he'd come down uh, while he was in college, and then pretty soon, like, this uh, video of Macaframe came out, and he had, like, the banger section. And we're like, Josh, what happened? Like, what is this? And he's like, I don't want to say embarrassed, but he's like, oh, yeah, well, like, there was no one to ride with when I was in Santa Barbara, so I was, like, just kind of commuting a lot, and it just happened. I don't know, man. <laughs> like, cool. That's, a, that's pretty funny, and I believe he's from Long Island originally. No, no, he's but, from Chula Vista. Is he? Yeah, For yeah. For some reason, I associate him with uh, another guy from, another friend from Long Island, but I didn't realize His he was from San Diego. His mom lives out in, like, Chicago, not Chicago, Illinois somewhere, okay. and so he'd, like, go back and forth. Yeah, yeah. But um, he, uh, yeah. Okay. His dad, um, uh, Mark, he was, like... At one point, voted one of like the top five pool skaters. So he was like always like our dude to like show us spots and everything. He, he like there's all like the dirt bros ditches and whatnot that we'd go to. But Mark, he really like was like, oh, have you guys been here? And we're like, what is this? <laughs> and like every time going out, like I'll still get like sent spots from Mark and be like, this is incredible. Right. Like this. Yeah, so um, huge thanks to, to the Hayes family. They, they've they been yeah. major in uh, uh, keeping the good times rolling. That's awesome. Well, his his question is is related to Dirt, dirt Bros. He said the old Dirt Bros ramps in the back of Vic's old house where Jim used to work on hot rods and weld frames that were all missing the... Bo- oh, the, the ramps were all missing the bottom six or eight inches of plywood... Uh, it was straight two by four ribbing. How in the heck did you ride that place like it was an X Games ramp setup? So, so what about these ramps? Is it, it, are these just like they were dilapidated to say the least? But so they're on dirt, and if you ever had like ramps on dirt and it rains, yeah. then like the bottom like it's jacked. So yeah. in order to circumvent that, they just right. take off like the couple couple sheets above and lard out sheets like just leave it like the ribs and since it's a bike like it kind of just goes over it and you just pretend that it's smooth and like it, it just works like it, you ride something enough eventually yeah. it starts to feel alright you like right. you know that like the pothole like you can pump around it and stuff and like there's there certain spots where it's, it just works oh god wow Th- those ramps were so much fun I remember like there was this commercial that we did for Dirt Bros and um there's a hole in the box jump lip, and it's uh-huh. only like a four foot tall box jump. But uh, Vic does like a disaster, and then an arm like comes out through the like hole, and he gives it a high five and like goes back in. <laughs> Never seen that. Just feeling like yeah. Wow. Genius. Creativity at its best. Yeah. Um, so he he goes on to say, uh, do you think? Riding things like this helped build your skill in adapting to things on the bike. Having known you for 18 years now, I've never seen you struggle that much to find lines everywhere you've ridden. Does, uh, that, does that make sense? Is that the kind of rough start, you know, riding some rough stuff make it a little easier for you? I legitimately don't like riding things that are built too well. Um, 
just because I, I, I don't know. I'm I'm at home when it's like kind of crappy and hard to ride, and like you have like you have to like choose like what spot like makes it work when it, everything is like just nice and like works perfectly. It's almost like you have too many options, and so I'm like, oh, this is it's fun, but like it's not like it's a challenge, and like that's kind of always what has driven me is like the challenge of like being able to ride like whatever it is you're riding and figuring out like the lines and like oh this would be cool if you could do that but like sometimes like the spots like well it looks like it's possible but it's completely not even an option because of a b and c or whatever and so right um yeah yeah it's totally shaped like i remember going to woodward when i like first uh turned pro and just being like confused like everything here is just good and nice to ride on yeah, I don't all, know if I'm down with this. <laughs> it's all perfect there, right? Yeah. I mean, everything's, everything's perfect. That's interesting because Gary, when it comes to like a, a bowl contest or something like that, he's nine times out of ten the most creative rider there. And I've always wondered, I'm like, how does he find this stuff? How does he think of this stuff? So it's interesting to hear him say that. And there's a, I've done a lot of park contests with him. And I'll see him do a line or something and I'm like, why didn't I think of that? Damn. And I've actually seen other riders, who I won't name names, but I was, I was sitting next to a very well-accomplished rider on the deck one time, and we're watching Gary do this line, and it was at a, one of the first X Games Bowl contests. And the rider goes, that's how you get into that thing. That's how you get out of that thing. And, I, and then he went and did it right behind him. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay, and then he, <laughs> this guy put it in his run, and I don't know. The, the guy that I'm referring to either won or got second, but he was like using Gary's line the whole time, and I'm like, <laughs> I mean, it's whatever, he won, wow. but I mean, it was poor etiquette, yeah, right, but right, right, right. at the same time, I, I've always watched Gary, and I'm like, man, yeah. how does he think of that stuff? So this is when nice Gary has to say imitation is the best form of flattery. <laughs> Me and, um, and Dennis, uh, <clears throat> we have like this thing that like when you first start riding a course, like you gotta just lose the ego. Like completely, like it doesn't matter. Like you're there and you're gonna make a fool out of yourself. Like you can look like you've never ridden a bike before because like there's gonna be certain things that are gonna work and aren't gonna work, but you're not gonna know unless you try it. And you just have to drop in and like see where it takes you and like land flat, you land flat. Right. You hang up sprocket. You hang up sprocket. Yeah. You sprocket. Yeah. <laughs> so like, Usually, like, first day of practice, uh, it, I'm pretty loose, but uh, it's just trying to figure out, like, all the things that, like, you see that you have in your head, you're like, when you look at the course, because, I don't know, I, see, I always see so many lines, but it's like finding the time to, like, actually, like, see what works and what doesn't. And, right. I don't know, you ever get there like to a course like when you've seen it and you're like, oh, this would be cool like because this will set you up for this and blah, 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 blah. And then you get there and after the first one you're like, all right, none of this works. Like I'm not nearly <laughs> as good as like <laughs> my imagination. What's really going to work? <laughs> right. You know, this is probably a good time to, to bring you also into the conversation, Chris, because the reason Chris is with us is he knows you very well, and I, I, I wanted Chris to be part of this because you guys have been friends for a while. Uh, so how did you guys meet? Uh, how did I meet Gary? Uh, I first saw Gary at uh, a Roots Jam in Florida uh, at a hotel, actually. I don't know if you remember this. And uh, you were with the Dirt Brothers. Yeah. I remember Vic was there. And uh, I was like, holy shit, it's Vic Murphy. 
I mean, I, that's the first time I'd ever seen him. And Vic has the most iconic BMX photo of all time, the one-footed flatty off the curb off cut. The curve, right. Which you ask just about anyone, like, yeah, that's the photo. And I'm like, kind of geeking over, over Vic. And I'm like, who's that dude smiling in the background? <laughs> and then I saw Gary on the course uh, the next day, and you did like an X-up transfer from like the deck of one ramp into another quarter. Like, oh, that's cool. I remember seeing that kid last night. Never really thought much about it. Yeah. Um, I can't remember when we first like talked or, or got to know each other. Uh, uh, around that time, um, what was that Roots Jam? Like 01, 02 maybe? Was it one of the first? It was yeah. maybe like the second or third root jam they ever did. So it was pretty early on. And after Might that... Have been 98, 99. Was it at the bike shop or was it in the complex? It was, it was in the complex. Okay, so it could have been, been 2000. Yeah. Anyway, uh, go ahead. It, I definitely, like, Sarah was with me. And uh, Sarah's my wife. Right. And we started dating when I was 16. So uh -huh. it was sometime after that. Sure. Um, but yeah, then around that time, that's when BMX started picking up a lot of momentum, and there was a lot of different events going on uh, around the country, and uh, I think I was out in Oceanside for one of the Vans Triple Crowns, and that was one of the, the first big contests you did really well, and I remember watching Gary ride, and, and uh, his runs were like so energetic, like he could, it, it didn't matter, I mean, you had like a minute long run. But it could have been a 10 minute long run. He would have kept the, the energy and the speed going the whole time. Man, that dude's like really good. And, and uh, it feels weird like giving yeah. all these compliments right here. But I, I, when you're, when you're uh, like at that time, you're like, well, he might be really good, but he might be a dick. <laughs> and you're almost like looking for a reason not to like somebody. And then, like, just I think just over time, I. Like, yeah, it makes it so weird like that. Where I you're know. just like. Well, hopefully, oh, he's gonna blow it. Like, yeah, <laughs> just kind of like waiting for it. Hopefully, I can hate him for something. Yeah. And then, like, you talk, like, man, he's actually pretty cool. Damn. All right. And then you just do traveling and. and uh, I have to interject a question because I got to get, get it out of the way. This guy insisted I ask this question, so we can edit it out. But speaking of nice guys and, and dicks, tabletop Bob, you oh, probably boy. know what's coming. So he said to me last night, I was on my way out and he knew I was going to interview you today, and he goes, you were easily in the top three nicest BMXers I've ever met. However, in that same top three is Doyle, and he says Gary's easily the, big, the biggest dick. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, it's, it's kind of funny because I think it goes back to what you guys are saying. It's like you don't know until you really get to know someone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was, it was a... Maybe a poor attempt at a joke, but I told my read it. But, no, when um, I get to know somebody, anyway. like, I start to bust their balls, balls yeah, yeah. like, a little bit, and yeah, yeah. I just don't think they see it coming because of, I don't know. Yeah, it's all how you take it. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I, I think it just comes out of left field for most people because, like, like, wait, I thought you were, like, nice. Now you give me a hard time here? It's a, yeah. Uh, Heath Pinner will say that Gary's, like, the nicest dick he's ever met. Like that. Was, almost every time I see him, he's like, "You and Fuzzy Man, just, just this smiling <laughs> while you're just roasting me." And I'm like, "I don't know, man." Oh, that's but, yeah, I love. I love Keith. He's the man. Heath, yeah. Have you ever met Heath Pinter? 
I, I believe I have uh, on the East Coast. I believe he's been around. Yeah, okay. he's like the Ferris Bueller of <laughs> Southern California. Like, Is he? Yeah. Everyone knows him. He knows everybody. Everyone likes him, and like, he's got this like wide range of friends that can get anything done for you that you need at any any time. You're like, oh, I I need a. Uh, I need a, some new wheels for my car. It's like, I know a guy who'll hook you up on Monday. Just be patient and get in a couple. Like, really it's anything you need. Yeah. yeah. Like, celebrities. Yeah. He's, he's like, yeah. he's in every circle. Yeah. Like, it's, I don't know how one person can know so many different humans. Right. He's in People right. Magazine. Cause, yeah. Uh, he's, what? He's best friends with Carrie Hart. Carrie Hart married Pink. Yeah. And there was, yeah. in People, there was Pink's wedding. Yeah. Like, oh, there's Heath. Yeah. How <laughs> <Out> the <of laughs> suit. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is amazing. That's completely amazing. But yeah, go on with uh, with what you were talking about. I kind of forgot what I was talking about. Well, we were, we were just talking about meeting, but uh, you had originally met. It was at, just doing contests. At Roots. And, yeah. Um, We've never been on the same team. No, but we But for like a while, like we were traveling a bit yeah. together. Walter, was, uh, Walter Perringer was working for Ride UK, and he was always putting together different trips for the magazine. And... Uh, when when you're when you're on a trip, it's like it's fifty percent riding, fifty percent personality, and you want people that are not only good riders but like somebody you can travel in a van with for eight hours. And so Walter was always putting like me and Gary and like Kaczynski and Aaron Ross together because we were just like we all got along really well and we were easy to travel with. So doing things like that, I got to know Gary more and more. It makes sense. I mean, having interviewed uh, Brian Kaczynski yesterday and getting to know you today and, and interviewing you previously, you guys definitely have similar personalities, there's no question. Like, a lot of mutual respect, you're all well-spoken, just kind of up the level of uh, professionalism, if you will, and I mean that in a really positive way. You know, it's. I, I always think of Brian as like the ultimate professional. Chris too, but like Brian, anytime like I see him doing anything, I'm like oh man, like of course, like why wouldn't you do that? That's, that's what you need to be doing as like a human being. So it's, yeah. it's pretty cool. Just he's got like a yeah a weird focus when yeah. it comes to professionalism. Like, like he's one of like the few BMXers that has a college degree, sure. and like he's. Yeah, he's just a sharp dude that's, he has it together. <laughs> yeah. He definitely does. He definitely does. And I'm, I'm psyched for him to be on uh, pulling off the second stop of the, well, pulling off the series, but having this be the second stop. I mean, they just, they're, they're giving back and arranging this so the amateurs can have a, a chance to, to yeah. compete. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty cool. When um, I was a kid, uh, they did the, like too hip to these contests, um, meet the streets and stuff. I remember how like huge it was for like me and like the scene uh, that these would come around and I'd like look forward to him and like seeing him do these uncovered. It just reminds me of that. And, like that's what BMX needs is that like mm -hmm. to fuel the, the future generation. It's cool to see him doing that. I definitely motivates me like you'd be doing more for my scene <laughs> uh, do you mind if I ask him a no, question go for I, it. I don't know if I'm skipping ahead though or not I, I don't mind um, so this okay is, you're riding for Dirt Brothers yeah um, since you were what 16 17 uh, yeah uh, I was in college not college uh, high school uh, dude 
friend for Dirt Bros. It was awesome because I'd see photos of Vic, but I didn't actually like meet him until like in high school. And I thought he was going to be like this super mean dude because like in photos he's just making these gnarly faces and you're like, dude, this guy looks like a maniac. <laughs> and then like when I met him, he, he's like, how would you describe Vic's voice? It's like, ah! it's kind of like Castillo, maybe yeah. a little louder. Yeah. Ah! With, and maybe like Kermit the Frog. I don't know. Yeah. He's a character and like yeah. just one of the most genuine great people I've, I've ever met and uh, it, it was so funny just because like from the photos and everything that I'd seen of him I'm like dude, I'm scared of this dude this dude's gnarly and then like see me and I'm like oh this dude's like one of the nicest coolest people I've met so um, but yeah what, what about the Dirt Brothers well I, it's not even really about the Dirt Brothers I, I just that's where you when I first met you that's you were riding for you, you were a Dirt Bro yeah um but when I when kids ask me like about being a professional bike rider, if they're like under the age of eighteen, like how do I do it? What do I have to do? I always tell them like, don't put your eggs in that basket. Just whatever trajectory your life is on right now, whether it's like graduating high school, going to college, and then getting a career, or or uh, getting into the workforce, just follow that path. Keep riding, and if something works out for you riding wise, that's great. Um, but if not, at least you know you have something else to fall back on. But um, so my question is. Was there a point, what, was there one defining moment when you were like, okay, BMX is going to be my career, at least for a little while, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my all into this and, you know, give it my best. So, when I was 16, I had like, just ideas that like, I was like, I'm getting good, like I've like, done well at a few contests and stuff, like, I think I might be able to make this, like, I might be able to make this happen. And then I had my first knee injury, like ACL reconstruction and everything. So it was one of those like kind of life checks, like, oh, all right, like ACL surgery, that's that's major. Like I, I need to like focus on school and like really like, I don't, I don't think this BMX thing's gonna make it for me. Like I'm not gonna be able to do it. Like I don't have the body for it. And so like, did what you did, like what you were saying, like concentrated on school, started college, uh, but kept riding the whole time, like recovered from knee surgery and like had uh, a couple of sponsors, like I was, I was on Odyssey and bands were sending me shoes. Um, and I was on Odyssey through Dirt Bros though. And uh, then like while I was in um, college, uh, Vic kind of did, he pulled this move where like, Odyssey invited him to go to um, a was it uh, backyard jam, and like towards when it was getting close to the trip, he's like, ah, I can't go. Uh, we're gonna send Gary, and like Bauer was like, what? What do you? Oh, okay. We want a Vic Murphy. We want the Vic Murphy show. And we don't want this kid, but whatever. So like, I, I gotta go. And um, I, I ended up, uh, it was in Telford, and I got like top five at like, um, at Backyard, but it was like the year that um, Ruben did this like crazy gap, and it, it was just such a different experience that I'd never had before, because like, that was the time when like, Backyard just made it back, and 
for that building, like the energy in there, it was so electric. And whenever somebody did like either a technical trick or a big trick, like it, it, the, it was just mayhem in there. So like people banging on the seats and everything. So it, it was such like a really awesome environment. And then, after, uh, anyways, I went on that trip and uh, it was like, Contest, road trip for the week, and then another contest, and ended up getting a bunch of photos and stuff in the magazines, and um, won the last contest in like 2002. And then when I came back, like fans and Odyssey was like, "Hey, do you want to do this more?" And like, uh, so I kind of had to like have this conversation. I grew up with like my grandparents. I lived with my grandparents, and um, they. Uh, they, I knew they weren't going to be psyched that I was like, I'm going to put college on hold. And so, like, I remember it just being, like, this awkward thing. But since, like, fans and Odyssey were like, hey, we want you to do this more and giving me, like, the opportunity to do that, I was like, I, I got to put college on hold. And uh, so I did that, and it's been spring break for, like, 16 years. <laughs> so ridiculous. Are you guys about the same age? I'm two years older. Oh, okay. So you've both been pro for, you've been pro a little bit longer, almost 20, right? I'm past 20, yeah. Just past 20 years. years. And how long have you been pro? So I entered my first pro contest when I was like 15 or so, but I wasn't a pro until like 19. Yeah. Like, just because I entered the when I was 15, I don't think I probably should have. But I'm like... I remember like the first contest where I like actually like kind of I didn't need to be riding like amateur, but like I definitely wasn't up into like the pro levels yet. It was like the slaw rev and uh, Taj ended up winning and uh, Josh Hino like absolutely murdered it. And, uh, I-, I was still just such like stars in my eyes, like wa- watching everybody like this is incredible. Was this like a Scotty Kramer thing where where your friends made you enter pro because they knew you were good enough and but you didn't really want to? Was it one of those deals? Maybe, or, or yeah, just, probably, yeah, because like I, I yeah, was, <laughs> like, yeah. Scotty was funny. I, I met Scotty before like he was pro, and he was like a camper at Woodward, and he like just uh, they did like. In the beginning of the week at Woodward, like, they kind of do a skill assessment, and uh, everyone kind of knew, like, about Scotty, and so, like, they ran through, like, all the kids, and like, all right, yeah, I guess that's it, and, like, so I was like, uh, uh, right, right, yet, and, like, he dropped in, and, like, there's this tower in Lot 8 that uh, Joe Rich Fufanude, and it was, like, mind-blowing that that happened. Scotty did it, like, in his, like... Oh, see where your assessment is, like, for the thing. <laughs> He's like 15 years old. Yeah. yeah. On the East Coast, when, when Scotty would do something like that, it would, like, echo throughout the East Coast. Like, people would, hey, this, this little 15-year-old camper did a fufunu, or ice pick the, the, the tower at Woodward. And everyone's like, what? And then I, found, I saw him at Lakewood one day. Yeah. I was there. He's 15. He's this little kid. Like, hey, Chris, how's it going? Like, oh, hey, man, I've heard about you. And I'm like... And then he would drop in and it'd be fury. And I'm like, wow, that kid's gonna be good. Wow. And then at the the next year at Metro Jam, he qualified like road pro, qualified first. 
that and it was like Ruben qualified second. It was like, damn. Yeah. It's the craziest story. And, and I, I'm sorry, I know this is about you, Gary, and I love having Chris here too. But I've, I've got to tell you, in the interview I did with Scotty Kramer, that story is so amazing. It's about Metro Jam. His friends talked him into it. That's where the story comes from on my end. And he said he was so nervous, he was throwing up before the whole deal. And then he goes and puts in this crazy run and qualifies first, right? Yeah. And he may have yeah. ended up winning the whole contest, maybe? Uh, uh, no, well, no, Joe. I qualified third at that contest. Okay. I want to let the record show. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, Scott, it was like the last group was me, Scotty, uh, Ruben, and uh, maybe Aiken. Okay. Heavy hit, like yeah. And uh, I remember it, it was a disaster. Like we were the worst group. Uh, <laughs> Ruben fell, hurt his knee. Oh. Uh, actually, Ruben hurt his knee in qualifying, so he didn't even ride. Yeah. Okay. So there's three of us. Yeah. Uh, I ate shit all over the course. Scotty got a flat tire, uh, so he didn't finish as well as he qualified. And then uh, Aiken, I think, it was Aiken. Aiken can do it. I think Aiken might have won. I don't know. But, uh, yeah. It was it was funny because. Yeah, because Scotty came out of nowhere to qualify first, and then yeah. got a flat tire in the finals. Oh, in the final. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, so he must be talking about qualifying. And then... Yeah, but yeah, he qualified. Like he took two practice runs. Okay. Uh, I saw him. He did a wall ride to tail whip, and then he flip whip from the spine to this wedge, and that was it. And then he went and sat down, and he probably went and threw up or whatever <laughs> yeah. he did. And then they called his name for qualifying. Like, what's about to happen? And yeah, he just put it down, and everyone was like. What's happening? <laughs> right, right. Oh, amazing beginnings. It's always interesting to listen to how these begin with each person. Yeah. You know, and it's usually because friends are like, you know, we see it in you, but you don't see it. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's a kid from, uh, do you know Mike Parenti? And I don't know him. His name is going to come up in this. Oh, okay. Um, well, he's from San Diego. And we can hit he it right now. He's the dude that I always like looked up and, to. And yeah, he, him and I, him, me and Perani started writing contests at the same time. Okay. And uh, I was, I was wondered like if that had any kind of effect on you, because Perani's two years older than you, and he started doing it uh, yeah. professionally. I was wondered if like you looked at him like, okay, he's doing it, so maybe I could probably do it too. So, yes and no, because, like, Perenni, like, he could do all these, like, crazy tricks, and, like, I can do tricks, but, like, not like Perenni. He, like, was so good at, like, double bars and, like, all these, like, big maneuvers. Like, he always did, like, the biggest backflips and everything, and so, like, when I, like, looked up to him, I'm like, well, I'm never going to be able to, like, do what he's doing, because it's incredible. And, um, and, but anytime I got a ride with him, like, I always, like, really enjoyed it, like, geeked out and, like, was stoked. But, um, yeah, like, he was, like, the one that was, like, would always, like, kind of push me, like, all right, like, keep, keep doing this, do this, like, and, like, push me to learn new things. So, um, yeah, huge, huge thanks to him. Oh, and he was supposed to pick me up at, uh, I went to a contest in Merritt Island, and like he was supposed to pick me up from the airport. Oh, this is great! This, all right, I gotta tell you before you start, yeah. and I definitely want to hear this story. This is probably so. Josh Hayes asked a question about your your best uh, Mike Brandy story, but also Mark Rana, who was from up my way, said that ask him about the story about riding. Now you just take it from here because <laughs> it's a le- this is a legendary story. Okay, this got is it. got it. Go for it. 
So I show up to the airport and like, this is like, I call my, I call Mike and I'm like, hello, straight to voicemail. Like, oh man, all right. Like I just flown across the country. I'm in Florida. Like I don't know anybody other than Mike. And so. And how old were you? Uh, About? 18, okay. 19, 18. Yeah. Yeah, probably 18. Okay. Um, and uh, so I looked up like, like the bus, like I'll, I'll take the bus. Um, by the time I got like my bike put together and everything, uh, I, I missed the last bus. And I was like, all right, cool, won't be doing that. Uh, so I asked like, like, oh, how much is cab fare? And they're like, it's gonna be like 150 bucks to get to like uh, Merritt Island. I'm like, all right, doesn't seem like an option. Right. And uh, I randomly packed duct tape. Never brought duct tape on a trip, but I brought duct tape this trip. And so I was like, well, that's what it's gonna be. So I like took but I had my bike in and like duct taped it to my bars and like had my camera with me and like everything and like looked at a map and like at the airport they had like a little map of Orlando and then they had like a map of like Merritt Island like at the coast and I was like Florida's like a pretty skinny state like and I'm already like more than halfway through it so I have to ride like it's not gonna be that bad so I just like took off and started riding and like closest, like I, I took like a straight path, and uh, I'm on like it's instantly sketchy because I don't know if you've ever driven in Florida, but it's all like toll roads. In Merritt Island. Yeah, so it's all toll roads. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you did this. So I'm just, like riding my bike along, and like I get to the, the toll booth, and like I make eye contact with like the lady that was working the toll booth, and like she looks at me like. This is, the, like, I'm going to mess with this kid. And I was just, like, kind of put my head down, like, kept going. And so, uh... you want this stuff down there, Uh... It's fine. So, just kind of put my head down, keep going, like, keep pedaling. And, like, every so often, like, a car would honk. And, um... Just, just, it's like, well, I'm going to get there. Like, it's not... To be like, so you were on the highway. Yeah, yeah, like completely toll road, pedaling along. Got all my stuff like on my handlebars and on my back. And as I'm like pedaling, like I, it's through this marshy area, so I keep hearing like all this stuff going on in the in the bushes, and like it gets dark by like this time. So I'm like imagine like, well, there's gonna be like an alligator that comes out and tries to eat me. Like that's what's gonna happen. <laughs> Uh, like I, I stopped once. It took me like five, six hours. I don't know. But like I stopped to eat. And then uh, right when I get off the toll, like I'm like almost in Merritt Island. I make a wrong turn and get pulled over by the police. And I'm like, oh great, what's what's my move here? So like I'm talking to the police guys. Like you don't have a light on your bike. Blah blah. He's like give me a hard time. I'm like, hey, which way is it to Merritt Island? He's like, oh, it's this way. I'm like, oh, I've been riding my bike and from San Diego. Thank you so much for like pulling me over. So now like I know I'm just going the wrong way. Uh, have a good day. And like <laughs> just went the other way. And he was kind of confused, but at the same time, like I was really nice and genuine. So it wasn't like he couldn't, unless like, <laughs> he was just like, all right, yeah. <laughs> I'd say like <laughs> wacko kid. Yeah, I made it to the hotel room, but I'm, like 
see Mike there. I'm like, what happened, man? <laughs> He's like, oh, dirt practice ran long. And like, we didn't get this. Uh, usually I get a rental car. He was on GT at the time. Like, budgets and stuff. So I didn't get the rental car that I usually get. I'm sorry, man. And then like years later, like, um, uh, Jamie Bestwick was like, yeah, I think I'm, I saw you riding along. Like, and I'm like, oh, thanks for picking me up, bro. <laughs> a lot of people probably saw you. <laughs> that is so insane. So, at Bear Island, you didn't do well in the contest. No. But what else happened that weekend that was like a big, like, defining moment? So I think I got like 18. And this contest was gnarly. Like, Chad Kage was trying to flare out of, like, the wall ride. But he didn't, like, choose, like, any normal wall ride to try to flare out. It was like this, like... There's a sub box, and then like above the sub box, there's like a back wall right. And he's trying to flare off of that, and it was insane. I think Cook ended up winning that weekend. Uh, Alan won dirt Both. and park. Yeah. And um, anyways, uh, I got interviewed because I, I got 18, um, and I got interviewed, and it was like totally what kind of helped spark like me being like somebody because they're like this kid rode from the airport, blah blah. So like I got like way more coverage than had I done well in the, the event and uh so yeah. thank you Mike yeah but totally it was, it was at that contest though that Stu was like dude you're on the next Road Fools wasn't that no no that wasn't it uh uh I didn't get a, that was in that totally blew like so uh that was maybe was there a bunch of CFPs that year you know what there, yeah there was uh I, I don't know if it was the next year that that... Okay. So... Maybe. maybe. Sorry. That's all right. I thought, um, I thought that was when you got invited on Road Fools. You're like, well, the weekend wasn't totally lost. No, no. So... <laughs> no, definitely not. I think that was the following year. Because the that year... Uh, like, after that contest was that New York one. And that one I did really well. I got second. And then at some point there was one in... Uh, Illinois, uh, jo Joliet, Joliet, and that's when I got invited. Okay. And I, he invited me right before finals, and so like I was pumped, and completely did not ride very well in the contest because okay. like I was just so psyched, going on Road Fools, this could be awesome. Like at that point, like I'd been watching Road Fools like right. religiously as a kid, so like well, they were always the top selling DVD yeah. at those times. So to be on one was like not only good for you, but like your sponsors are like, all right, yeah, wear our shirts, wear yeah. you know, right. Like, what Road Fools was that? Um, I think I was on eleven. Ten was in California, right? Ten was in. I uh, was at twelve. No, it was, I was 11. I was in 11 and 12 and uh, 15 or something. 11, we went to Arizona. Yes. Yeah, I remember that. I was on that. Yeah. <laughs> you were there. That's wild. I can't Dude, that believe how many of those there's been. It's insane. I mean, I interviewed... Uh, geez, who was it? I don't know if it was Robbie Brown. I think it was Robbie Morales last weekend. I think he said he was on Road Fools 1. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so it's... Man, so what happened with, this is totally off topic, but you're, you're naming off so many contests. What happened with the, the bulk of contests? It seems like there's so few now, uh, in, your, in your guys' opinion. I mean, it's a, it's. So they got like so big with 
like do tours and stuff that think that it just kind of killed the smaller contests to a certain degree. Totally. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I think now it's kind of coming back, and like I think BMX is kind of in like a good position, like a better position than it was then, because there's so many like it's being ran by BMXers, and like there's it kind of tightened up a little bit, and now like I feel like the industry is more or less like running itself as opposed to like relying on outside sources. And, uh, that that's major, especially like. Trey and uh, Brian and um, I mean Vans they're a big company but like it's all BMXers that are like making the decisions to like do these things and uh, yeah it's it's, we're in a cool space right now for I I think like I think BMXers are gonna keep doing cool stuff Uh, the source is doing rad stuff like that Battle of Hastings and so so we're mostly international now, it seems like, less on the local level, or I should say stateside level, uh, like you're talking about Florida contests, Illinois. I, I, I feel always. like for the longest time, like access to being a pro was so cut off um, mm-hmm. that if you weren't already a pro, like you weren't going to be getting invited to these contests. And now, uh, like with the bands contest, there's regional qualifiers. So like... No matter where you are, pretty much like in the world, you can get yourself to one of these. And like, if you're good enough, like you, you'll do well in the, the contest and like be invited to the next one. Like not be invited, you'll you'll qualify. And that was major when I like was um, like starting out. Uh, it was you could still qualify for X Games. And um, at that Joliet contest, like. I was able to qualify. I got enough points mm-hmm. to, to make it to my first X Games, and uh, yeah, it was. I was stoked. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I thought you were going to say. Uh, I, I was gonna. I don't know if I'm skipping ahead or, or whatever. I feel like we're jumping around a lot. Yes, I like it. I um, like it. I would. I, honestly, I would rather do this, jump around, and if I see something that fits, I'm going to ask it. I, I was just going to go with the next thing. Like, so you're on Dirt Brothers. Yeah. You know, you're making waves in BMX now. And then the Canadian Beast calls. <laughs> <laughs> no. So there's a... Uh, what happened with Dirt Bros? Like, we... Um, Vic got a business partner. Business partner, like... Ended up making pedicabs. Like, you ever seen, like, those, like, pedestrian taxi cabs uh, with, like, on bikes? Well, it was more profitable for him to make those, so like, it was like Vic would put in an order to his business partner for frames and uh, go to the shop and be like, well, there's a bunch of pedicabs here, we need frames. And so that was kind of like what slowed down like the, the I don't know, momentum we had going at Dirt Bros. And um, so I talked to... Um, the dudes at uh, Hoffman Bikes at Chuck, and he sent me a frame, and I was like on a frame, and I was into it, and I was like pretty well set, like that was gonna be, I was gonna join like the Hoffman program, and um, the week that I was on it was that first pig contest in uh, Woodward West. Woodward West, yeah, and. Um, 
I'd met Jay at like a couple other things, and he, he was always like rock star. Or, like we always looked up to him in San Diego because he was kind of like the bad dude that like would shred. Uh-huh. And um, uh, he uh, he was so cool to me, and like. Um, well, I was riding his bike one time. He was like, "Oh, you look good on that thing!" Like, kind of like <laughs> insinuating. And then um, at that contest, he's like, "All right, like we, we got to figure this out." Because I didn't have any like stickers on my like Hoffman yet. It was just like I was like testing the waters, like seeing if I liked it. Sure. And he's like, "You, you need to be on a McNeil and blah blah." I'd like, it. so it was like a full week of like people telling me like, "Oh, yeah, go this way." And so I uh, I ended up like. Uh, passing on um, the Hoffman deal and riding for Jay and uh, which like kind of immediately set like a different path for me because like we went to um, Europe for like five weeks after that like within like a month and a half and like day in day out like hanging with the beast and it was like such a like life-changing thing just to like all right like get to see like somebody who like knows what they're doing like how to travel how to do like everything and like just like do party and like be at the ramps and like <laughs> right it, it was such like a, a different way of life than i was used to because uh, I, I don't drink i don't smoke i don't do these uh, like these things just because like uh, uh I don't know. Runs my family where people get like addicted to things like sure. really easy. So I was like, ah, I, I don't want to like blow. Sure. Like I'm getting to live my dream, and if I like blow it on like this, it, it would just be like another sad story of like, oh, of course that was going to happen. So um, yeah, I, I, but I got to like party with like my friends and like go to these things and whatnot, and uh, it, it, it was a trip. <laughs> you know, I got to say. Uh, it, it, there, there is some difficult situations that I see in, in BMX, no matter what discipline nowadays, where there's definitely, we're all together in this, but there's definitely defined groups of, okay, I'm living clean in every way, whether it be eating, whether it be drinking, smoking, whatever it is. There's, there's a lot of degrees of it, and it's, that comes up a lot in discussions with with uh, with me for sure. But, uh, I mean, I see some dudes that can pull it off, and then, but I don't trust myself. Like yeah. I know when I I find something that I like, I really dive in, and I I don't I don't want to do that. I don't want to lead the path that my parents went down, and so sure. nope. trying to trying to keep it chill. Yeah. <laughs> nope. I hear you. I think you're wise to do that, but. Well, you had mentioned Europe, so i got to ask yeah. a question from Brian Corrigan, who you, I'm sure you guys know. <laughs> oh, gosh, I know what's coming. You know it's coming. Damn. All right, let's just, <laughs> let's just get it out there. You had mentioned traveling in Europe, so he said, should I ever buy an iPad on the streets of Italy? Yeah, totally, man. It's such a good deal. It's, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable deals you can get there. Dudes carrying like petticoats and just like oh hey I got this and I got, I got a couple iPhones um backstory I just lost my phone but my best friend uh he just lost his phone and this guy's like I was like oh can I buy a new phone 
it's like, oh yeah, no problem. Like, it, well, you're walking along and yeah. you're at like this outdoor market and sketchy dude's like, oh, uh, you need an iPhone? I'm like, I do need an iPhone. <laughs> I actually do. <laughs> he's like, oh, okay, well, for this price, like, you can get an iPhone. Uh, and for this price, you can get like an iPhone, I'll put it in an iPad, blah, blah. blah. And I think it was like 100 and 80 euros or something like that, and um, and it's like it's a steal, like an yeah. actual steal. And up until this point, this is like 10 years into traveling. I'd never been like yeah. bamboozled, like taken for yet. And so like I thought like I had my ways about me, and like you're not gonna get me, like right. you know. You're too street smart. Yeah, yeah, I got this, <laughs> and um, so. He, uh, it's called, uh, what's it? Pig and a Poke or something like that? Um, the scam that happened to me. And, uh, <laughs> what they do is you, uh, buy, the, they show you all the thing, they make sure it works and everything. And I, like, I knew I was getting ripped off, but I didn't know how. Like, I thought maybe, like, they were knockoffs, but they looked legit. Yeah. And so they put it in, like, this, uh, contain, like, this bag and then they put that bag in another bag and they hand you the bag I'm paying while I'm paying I'm like kind of fumbling like to get like the money out of my pocket and so he holds it well um, his homie walks up and they do a bag switch which nobody in my group had seen nobody saw this it's like magic yeah and uh, I get like the other ten dollars out or euros and like hand to him, he hands me back the bag. And this is seriously three seconds to like where I was like, oh, like when you're holding on to something, you're like, here, hold this while I do this, and hand it back. And we walk away, and then um, we turn around and like end up walking back. And we see like the dude's kind of like skirting off kind of quick, but didn't like really think of anything. And we get back to the van, and this is like a good 10 minutes afterwards. And um, I'm on a band's trip, and um, we op open the thing, and like as like before we open it, it's like oh let's, let's see what like merchandise you got, and I'm like it's not gonna be like it's gonna be they're not gonna work like it's gonna be a knockoff it, it, something's gonna be wrong. Yeah. I open up the bag, unzip it. It's just a metal plate. No. And like, so I didn't get two uh, two phones and an iPad for 180 euros. I, I bought a metal plate, and uh, I, I don't know if you guys know, like, but I was with Alistair and Scotty and um, Nate Wessel, Corgan, but like Wessel and Alistair, they are down for a fight, like, <laughs> and like. They were like, well, let's go find them. Like, this is good. We'll go get these guys. And so, like, the driver's like, looking for these guys. We go back to the. Oh, and Batters. Batters is there, too. Batters is not scared to, to back down ever. And, um, and so, he's like, we're going to get your money back. We're, we're going to get your, your iPhone. Like, and we, go, we show up to, like, that little market. And, like, there's all these uh, African dudes, like, selling, like, purses and. Um, and eyeglasses and stuff and he like swoops up one of like their sheets like what happened like where's the dude and he's like oh no please don't take my stuff and that guy's really bad he's like part of the mafia like if we say anything like they kill us and so 
yeah, just got got swooped by by the mafia. Like, wow. And, uh, wow. Yeah. As, as much as I've traveled and like, is, like I feel like that's just kind of paying the dues and uh, deals too good to be true. It's actually too good it to is. be true. Like don't don't come for it. But but I had the sense like I thought I was going to be buying a phone for my best friend and like for myself and like I, I, I had great intentions that it just didn't work out. Thanks for bringing that up, Ryan. This sounds like it's opening, opening some, uh, yeah, <laughs> some great memories. But hey, it sounds like you had a learning lesson from it. I so did. It, it that's for sure. Brutal. Oh my gosh. Uh, let's see. All right, here's a question from Nuno, Nuno Oliveira, from Odyssey. So, who are three riders that you looked up to when you were coming up? This is a part one and a part two, so you can imagine what part two is. Uh, Today, Taj. I always looked up to Taj. Um, Osado. Like he, he was like a dude that uh, just rode with so much power and everything, and so talented. Like I feel like bike riders of that age were just good at everything. Like they were all around bike riders, and just absolute pleasure to watch. And um, being from Southern California, it, like Rooftop and Castillo, like those, that, that combo, those were the dudes that like, I really looked forward to like seeing all of their stuff and like, super fan. Like the first um, trip I got invited on, like as like, a pro with Ride, was this uh, thing called No Bikes Allowed. Um, and it was me, Taj, uh, Van Homan, and Castillo and Osado and I was blown away like I, I couldn't believe I was on a trip with like these guys they were like I idolized almost all of them and um, was there a famous quote from that trip where Taj said to you Gary you don't even have a signature shoe no was that, that <laughs> no that was so to this day, like anytime I see uh, uh, the filmer on that trip, PP, <laughs> yeah, good old PP, he's like, dude, Van was such a dick to you, like, because like it, it, you go around the car, it was like Taj had his signature at knees, like there's signature Duffs, there's uh, there, everyone on the in the car like had a signature shoe, and Van made it a point to point out that like I didn't. And um, Taj ended up getting real sick, but he like felt real bad about that. Like he was like, dude, that was messed up. And so I guess he was gonna like steal one of my shoes and like paint it and like make it like a signature shoe for me. And, uh, but I got knocked out at the end of the trip. And um, so I remember waking up, like or like kind of kind of coming to, and um, like Osado was right there, like by the bedside. And, like, I remember just being like, whoa, what's happening? Like, waking up from, like, a dream and then just seeing, like, your childhood heroes. And, um, and so from there, like, we drove straight back to San Diego from Arizona. And I was sitting in the front seat. And I'd be, like, sitting there. And then, like, 
it'd come to like a, I don't know if you've ever had a head injury, but like oh, yeah. when, when you have a head injury, like like trying to figure out what's going on, and I'd be like, holy shit, I'm on a trip with like the gnarliest dude, and like look back, that's who I thought was on the trip, like no way, <laughs> like just all stoked, and then they're like they're like yeah, Taj was here. Taj was on the trip. Like, yeah, the first night you shared a room with him. I shared a room with Taj. Yeah, you guys wouldn't have vegan food. I ate vegan food. Like, completely just blown away because, like, I don't know. My family didn't eat, like, food like that at the time. So I was, it was a whole new world for me. And uh, it was, I was felt very honored to be a part of such, like, an amazing group of Heavy hitters. Yeah. That's, yeah. Who's Van Osato. I know. I think Van was like a little bum because like I was geeking over the other guys and like Van I was like, oh yeah, like Van Homer. Like, no, you're you're cool, but like these dudes yeah. are heroes. Yeah. But I think it's just because like Van and I were closer in age and like sure. I hadn't had like the years of like studying Van. It was like those dudes were like the dudes I was like mind blowing to. And, but, <laughs> did you ever get the signature the signature signature shoe is what I'm trying to say uh, from Vans I did from anywhere uh, well got a colorway. Sponsored by yeah, yeah I've been on Vans all the way we did a colorway um, yeah. there's been like talks but like yeah it, uh, for a while like they didn't do like anything like the BMX thing and then other dudes got signature shoes but um, yeah long answer no <laughs> short answer no well, we'll talk to Van today and make sure he doesn't say anything about that. <laughs> but, uh, man, my knockout story was, was I didn't come to with that kind of that kind of excitement. No. Daryl Naw pulled me out of the woods when I got knocked out when we were riding <laughs> trails. And he was, he was he's younger than me by a little bit. And, and he, uh, he was just really nice. And I was just, I just remember waking up asking if certain people existed. Like, is this person really real? Like, which is my wife now, and uh, it, it was just a crazy time. But I didn't come to, and all of a sudden go, oh yeah, I was just riding with all these Long Island, you know, yeah, awesome guys. I, I was just like freaked out for the longest time. But getting knocked out is—it's crazy. It's yeah, it, it's uh, anyway. You guys are both helmet wearers, right? I mean, yeah. I know I know you are, Chris. Two thousand seven, um, uh, I was filming for Electronical and. Um, while I was filming for it, like, I crashed, and uh, it wasn't even that hard of a crash. Like, yeah. I, like, it was mostly to my shoulder, but, like, kind of tuck and rolled, uh-huh. and hit my head, and um, fractured my skull in three places, and wow. uh, blood was coming out of my ear, and I had to miss, like, this uh. awesome trip to uh, New Zealand to, like, do more filming for the trip, and so, after that, like, my family was like, hey, if you're gonna do this, like, you have to wear a helmet. Like we can't, we can't have you doing this and I don't know, being irresponsible in their eyes. So um, it was kind of like one of those things. Like, all right, well, I love riding and uh, I'll just wear a helmet. Like, cause before that, like I'd been knocked out like riding dirt. So I was like, all right, when I ride dirt, I'll wear a helmet. Mm-hmm. And like on that the uh, the trip to. Uh, all my heroes uh-huh. uh, I got knocked out like riding training so I was like alright I'm riding ramps I'll um, wear a helmet and 
right. last one was street, so I was like, well, I guess that's all the things. That I, I guess I just need to really wear a helmet. <laughs> and like, of course, like the street one was like the most serious. So right. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's 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 pretty amazing how that works step by step. Yeah. Like oh no, like I'm I'm in control. Like I just won't ever. Like, oh, I got knocked out again. Damn it. Wow. Gary was riding street with a helmet on, like one of the first guys like wearing a helmet, and I. I riding street because yeah. street's all about fashion oh right? yeah like fashion yeah. Um, gotta look good right yeah yeah um, but I remember after after I got married is when I started wearing a helmet full time like whether it was street parked or whatever and I remember thinking to myself like well Gary does it Gary looks pretty cool and no one ever says anything about him so maybe they won't say anything about me either so I remember like Gary kind of kind of made me feel better about it yeah. he's doing it you know he's He's doing gnarly stuff, so that's cool. Yeah, I definitely like. It made me feel like, well, if I'm wear, gonna wear a helmet, like, I need to make it like count. Like, it has to, <laughs> whatever I do has to yeah. be like warrant wearing a helmet, and it kind of changed like my view on like filming and stuff a little bit because like. Wow. That's cool though. That puts that extra shield around you in your yeah. mind, and you're just like, oh, I'm gonna go for more because I'm. Yeah. You know. Well, yeah, Gary's wearing a helmet and doing gnarly yeah. moves. He's not, like, nibbling on a on a. But it feels so, like, in the beginning, right. like, it felt ridiculous to be, like, riding with all my friends with, like, a helmet and, like, doing, like, manual 180s on curbs and, like, might do it. Right. But that's when that stuff gets you. Yeah. Like, you'll, be, you'll wear a helmet your, like, your whole life and you're doing gnarly stuff and you never hit your head and then, then you are, like, feebling a ledge two feet off the ground. And you go down and hit your head. Yep. That's like when that stuff happens. Yeah. Boy, it's when, when you're not wearing up the Scotty deal, but I mean, it, it was yeah, after that's a trip. Yeah. You know, your wheel sticking into a hole in the ground. You know, it's. And he had a helmet on. And he had yes, and he had a helmet on, which which makes it even crazier. But, but he hit more of his face, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Either way, it sucks. But yeah. Right. Yeah. But I mean, I guess the point is, is it can get you. You no just never what. know. Never. You never know. Right. Well, I'm glad to hear that's your stance on it, obviously. Uh, to get back, yeah, the, yeah. the people that I look up to... Oh, and Aiken was always, like, a huge influence, yeah, too. Yeah. Like, he, he was, like, the dude that... Like, I was kind of on the same teams, but I was always kind of nervous to ride around. Because, like, <laughs> he's just so naturally talented. And, like, I don't know. I, I, felt, I found myself, like fanning more than like riding at some certain points where I was just like man didn't you guys collide at an Oceanside contest one time didn't you guys not hit? that I know of but maybe I thought that was possible. you see I'm striking out now see I'm it, like it, it, I thought I knew all this information it, it, we, we might have but like maybe I just blocked that out like don't okay. wanna, I don't want to remember brought it into to Mikey okay hurt him just you two, might be right two high speed dudes just like and then oh. yeah Gary gets up and he's like ah. and, and Aiken was like pretty hardcore and Aiken yeah. just Gets up and just rides away. Fuck. Like, <laughs> um, but if you know what? But he didn't have much weight behind him. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Um, well, this this moves on to your your favorite riders now. Yeah. By the way, from Nuno, uh, you did the the past. Who, who do you enjoy uh, watching ride today? Uh, Dennis, he's a treat. I always I always like riding with him. He's incredible. he's the best rider on the planet. It, it's let's, great. Let's be like, real. If when I talked about earlier, like how there's like bike riders that are good at everything, like back in the day, I feel like Dennis could easily transition back to then because like two can even ride flatland. Like it's he's he, he's got everything covered. Yeah, every facet of BMX. He, he's uh, 
He's just a better overall human than, than everybody. Like, he's, he's made better. Yeah. <laughs> Remember one time he was telling me about, like, uh, I was going to the dentist. He's like, oh, yeah, I have, like, really strong enamel, so it's hard for me to get, like, a, a cavity. And I was like, what? Stop it. Just stop it. Um, so, Dennis, um, who else do I look up to? There's so many good dudes. Um, it's gonna be so hard that? to nail down because you've ridden with so many good people and watched so many people that you currently ride with today. Yeah. Um, man, I'm like Sergio Leos, he, he's always been up there for me. Like I always enjoy watching him ride. Um, like most like the flowy like bull dudes that like. I, just kind of looks effortless. Like, Tommy's always exciting. Uh, Dakota, like, I always, like, he just rides with so much power that, like, I find that, like, exhilarating. Like, not necessarily, like, he's not always, like, adding, like, seven barsmans into anything, like, to his stuff, but, like, what he puts out, you're just like, damn, like, of course, why didn't, why weren't people doing that? That makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I like that. I like people, like, Ruben was always, like, one of those that, like, like, new Ruben part would come out and you're like, oh, we ride differently now. Like, that's, all these are options. Um, so, yeah. You and Sergio are a good comparison, I think. Like, you two are, you're both, like, you don't have all the tricks. Yeah. But you're, like, super creative and you use what you have to, like, max potential. Like, I, I remember watching, like, Sergio had a really good year oh, yeah. last year, like, the bowl contest yeah. and everything. I remember watching, uh, I think it was in Mexico, in Guadalajara, like you guys in the lines, you guys would come up with, and I'm like, I can do those tricks. I can, again, like, why didn't I think of that? Yeah. Right. Damn it. Right. <laughs> and you don't want to, like, bite someone's, well, I don't want to bite someone's lines. Right, right. And another thing about Gary's etiquette uh-huh. um, and about his character yeah. is uh, there was a contest in Portland years yeah. ago. It was a dirt contest. Uh-huh. And it was two, two lines side by side. And both lines were pretty bad. Do you know where I'm going with this? Yeah. Both lines were pretty bad. Yeah. So if you if you rode them straight, it sucked. Yeah. But if you transferred from the, the right hand lip to the left hand landing, yeah. it made the course awesome. Best course ever. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and I'm doing the line and uh, I come up and, and Gary and our friends are like, Gary, do that transfer. Yeah. And you'll love it. And he's like, I'm not doing your transfer, man. I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna steal your line. I'm like Dude, I saw Nick Ber- Berkheimer do it yesterday. I'm not, it's not original, like, but I'm telling you, like, it's a better course if you do that transfer. Yeah. Dude, I'm not going to steal your line. I'm not going to do it. And I'm like, all right, whatever. I ended up doing pretty well in the contest. Oh. I got fourth. Gary didn't make finals. And uh, Gary comes up to me afterwards and he goes, I should have done that transfer, man. And I'm like, I told you, man. He's like, I don't know what I was thinking. He's like, just... I- I've loosened up on that a bit. Like, <laughs> So, so it's like Dennis and I like kind of ride. We go the same direction, and like we'll show up to a contest, and like there'll be times when like we both like I'll see something, and like he'll do it, or vice versa. And, like right. I feel like with him, like there's I don't have like that same like like oh man, it's like off limits. It's like yeah, yeah we, we're both gonna do that. Like it, right. it, it makes sense. Yeah, like it was gonna happen. That's awesome. All right, so Keith here. 
your riding? Do you prefer consistency with style or consistency with progression? Or can you blend both into one? Um, consistency with style. I mean, try to do a good blend of everything, but as far as progression these days, like, kids are doing tricks that, like, I never even dreamed of. Um, so, but on a personal level, like, I feel like I'm, like, learning new tricks and, like, getting better and better. And so, like, I, I feel like myself progressing, but um, sometimes I'll go to, like, uh, like a park contest and be like, well, I'm, we don't even do the same thing. Like, <laughs> what you and I are doing is, we're riding two different courses here. <laughs> and so, you have a solid opposite turn down now. Thank you. I was watching in, in Florida, I was like, damn, he's got it dialed down. Cause it, that's gotta be the, like the hardest trick ever is an opposite turn down. Cause you switch your feet and then you're, all of a sudden your, your opposite foot looks huge and you're trying to like, I mean, turn down such a finesse trick. But, uh, to be able to do it the other way. I've only seen like two guys be able to do it. And that's like, I, I know a, a lot of the guys have all the tricks, but I'm like, man, the opposite turn, that's hard. That's real hard. Yeah. It takes time. That one, like, <laughs> that, that yeah. one, yeah. I, that one's fun. And like, and it's another one of those tricks, like, I like, that's why I like writing bowls and stuff, is because like, you really have to think and like, kind of plan ahead and like, what you want to do and whatnot. And like, that trick, for the longest time was just like a mind thing like wait how do I do this where uh, I got the wrong foot what am I doing and then like so like when I first learned it like I had to like ride switch footed to do it and it felt so gross but uh, then like I started like being able to leave left foot forward and then switch to right and then do it and it felt like I was accomplishing more. Like there was more. St like it was kind of complicated, but like figuring out like the flow to make it all work felt cool. <laughs> it, it sounds amazing to me because I mean, if you think about just jumping anything even straight with the with your opposite foot forward, it just you know if you try that for the first time, it feels funny. Yeah. Like you lose you lose all of that normal control that you'd have. But is that because of the it, or did you adopt that because of the the all bowls being different? You know, there's no two bowls that are exactly the same, right? You right. Know, so is that how you develop that? So you could adapt to... I learned to air opposite out of necessity. Um, I was riding uh, this dude's ramp, his name's Dana, Dana Check, and he, uh, he had this backyard mini, but it was on a canyon. And um, the side that was on the canyon was like, pretty like big hill and uh, like all these really pokey bushes, um, bougainvillea trees and bushes um, and I did an air and I ran out of space and so I had to go the other way and it worked and I was like alright well I kind of that, that worked if, so if you just pretend like it, it's easy then, then it's easy like like Mind never matter. Yeah, like, all right, well, like, I accidentally made it work, so I, I, if I do this on purpose, like, I can make it happen again, and um, basically just kind of had, like, this mentality of, like, all right, if it feels wrong, if it's opposite, do that, and that was, like, what I worked on for years and years, like, all right, like, to make it feel like it wasn't weird anymore. Right, right. 
but I don't know. I still have a hard time with opposite stuff, and it's one of those things. No, you don't. <laughs> I saw you spinning every which way in there. <laughs> it looked easy. In the woods room? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like regular three table on the first, something on the second, on the last one, you could do an opposite spin. Because I'll nose. It actually looked better than your regular one. Cool. It's like, man. <laughs> I was thinking, like, the dudes that spin into the left foot, like Bowen and Aiken, like the best Night threes. Quest. Nyquist. <laughs> Those guys are the best 360 yeah. guys ever. Yeah. It, it, looked, it was on par. Wow. Yeah. Up there. Those, are, those are the dudes. Not best 360 turndown, though. I'm going to say that while he's drinking water so he yeah. can't respond. Absolutely. I've seen him do some good ones. <laughs> yeah. But I, I feel really guilty because, like, I was at um, a place and, like, Doyle was getting pretty good at doing backflips. He was doing them a lot. And, uh -huh. uh, and he did, like, a a backflip turn in like it, it had been talked about like in my scene like oh man because like people were doing backflip turn down at the time like dude if Doyle does a backflip turn down it'll be so sick and he did one and it wasn't a Doyle turn down <laughs> like it was good by anybody else's like standards right. like like really good right. but it wasn't a Doyle one <laughs> so I need I need to practice that when no one's around and and like he comes up and I was like Chris awesome yeah but it wasn't yours and then like i didn't see him do it after that i was like oh no did i kill like right, him doing one. the back of the turn down Thanks, like, what i tell you the nicest dick <laughs> <I've ever made. laughs> this word all comes out yeah. yeah wow he really is a dick this is so hard it's so hard to believe you just set the bar too high <laughs> right. That's, right that's the problem oh man that's too funny all right so i'm gonna go to a um uh, Brody Butterfield, I, I believe this guy is in Australia, I want to say, but anyway, he wants to know what your favorite bowl is. Favorite bowl? Um, gosh. There's so many good ones. Uh, I'm going to have to say one that like I ride like the most probably Memorial uh, it's really not that good but when you know, when you've ridden it so many times you, you know like all the ins and outs and intricacies of like where you can push it where you can't and so like that goes a long ways in like liking something like I've been to bulls that are way better and uh, but yeah th there it's like my home park so it's like easy to like all right like i know where like the trannies and stuff and i don't even necessarily like most of those trannies but it's it's like a feel-good session when i ride there wasn't there a park in escondido with the they were like metal, metal ramps, ramps. Oh. i remember it, it wasn't a bowl but it was it was in a circle right you could yeah. go around and around you could ride it like a bowl there's there's three bowl corners okay so like Really? Just keep it going. But I remember seeing lines of you there. And I'm like, wow, like he rides that place really good. I remember you saying that, like, yeah, that was like my spot. Yeah. That was like one of my favorite spots. It's and there like anymore, you right? had to be like on it because they were metal. And uh, in San Diego, we get like the marine layer that come in and uh, make the ramps wet. And so if you were off just a little bit, like you were going down. Right. Like, and um, getting to see like Perenni ride there and like growing up with him, it was such a treat. Like, and then they changed it to what it is today, and it's such a letdown because like back then it was like a progressive park and like it'd be sick now, 
and then they rebuilt it and they rebuilt it to like I think it was built in like 97 okay. they built it to like a park that would have been cool in 97 and it's like the box jumps like just a long wedge and like if you jump it you're like oh this is terrible but um, yeah I don't know it, it, it's not it's not my favorite part it must anymore. Have been, it must have been rare back then to have a prefab part that was actually Oh, no, it wasn't cool. prefab. It was, it was... The metal, the yeah. metal bowl? No, they, they, like, welded everything like it is. Oh, it was okay. I got you. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. That makes a little more sense because I can't imagine having yeah, a prefab part like that. But, it, huh. it was really good. And, like, there, there's parts to it that were... Uh, like really tough to ride, like like wedges that were too steep. Right. And so like you had to like pull up beforehand, to, like make them rideable. And I, I I think I like got a lot of my skill from like there in Mission Valley, like riding ramps that were like good and built well, but like something's just a little like off and different. So it always made for like interesting things. Huh. Yeah, go for it. Wait, so I'm gonna ask you. Uh, <laughs> kind of a silly question. This kid, I've, I've seen him here this weekend. Um, this kid that's learning, and I've got a lot of respect for him. He's trying to find his place with this with this whole sport. He's working hard. His name is Jake the Hippie. Oh, I've seen him. Yeah, he's a, he's, he's a nice kid. Uh, he said, "What is a dude bird?" I don't know what that means. It's like a crew from somewhere, uh, but. They shred. They did like some prop strips like a uh, long time ago. I, 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 beyond okay. that, like I, they might be from Michigan. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know. Good enough for me. Yeah. Good enough for me. Uh, ooh, we're gonna wait on this one until Chris comes back. Let's see. I'm gonna combine two. You know Greg Dixon? Yeah. All right, another cool guy that I've met through doing this. Really nice guy. He, nice. Him, Josh. And there's another guy, Ari, they're all connected and friends, and they're just really good guys. So anyway, and Josh is in Austria still. Yeah. So he, and he came and visited for like almost a month in December. So like I got to like, got to ride with him a bunch. It was yeah. seriously like taking back the time, like 15 years. It was, it was so much fun. Yeah. Like, I, I did see that. I yeah. saw some pictures and, and stuff posted of that. Uh, let's see. Let's go to... All right, so I'm going to combine two questions. I'm, this is going to be Greg Dixon and um, Mikkel uh, Mogensen. Sounds Swedish or something. He says, what is it like to have the best tables ever? And then Greg Dixon says, thank you for having a proper table. Vic Murphy in San Diego taught you well. <laughs> so what's your opinion on having, a, having what, what they're saying is the best table? Uh, I mean, I think Greg answered it, the, the question. The, the, just trying to emulate Vic's table. Like, that mm-hmm. that was my favorite. Uh, his one-footed tables, though, are front foot. And, like, uh, I've never been able Vicks to do are? Yeah, like, he, he oh, okay. keeps his uh, front foot on the pedal, like, and does it that way. So he does, like, a regular table. Yeah, yeah. And uh, when I do one-footed tables, they're opposite. And, dude, the... the that way, the way that they do it, is mind-blowing me. Like, there's a very small group of people that do, like, proper one-foot tables that are, like, front foot, and I think I've only seen, like, him and Joe Rich. Like, oh, okay. as far as, like, dudes that I'm like, oh, that's yeah. amazing. But, yeah, uh, yeah th- thank you guys. I, uh, I, I 
enjoy the tabletop, but um, yeah, just keeping up with my hero, like trying to, to emulate Vix and like other right. people that uh, I've always looked up to. Right. Let's go back to Josh because he's talking about the Hanford House. I don't know what the Hanford House is all about. Yep. But what made you want to move into the Hanford House? Describe your thoughts on all the mayhem that went down at that place, and then your favorite memory from the Hanford House. So the Hanford House, uh, in the Dirk Rose days, and uh, me and a couple friends had an apartment, and then we're like, like, dude, this apartment's kind of whack, let's get a house, because then we could have, build stuff in the backyard, whatnot. And um, so me and Fudger found uh, the Hanford House, and got like two other uh, riders, um, Steve Sean Day and um, who else was it? Oh, Gary Nesbitt. Uh, the, he was a rider from NorCal and he actually passed away, but uh, he was a shredder. And um, so we all moved in, and um, during the time that we lived there, Brian Schur moved in. And he lived really? with us, yeah. He lived downstairs in our closet. Wow. <laughs> and um, This sounds like typical California. And GM as many people in there as you can, right? <laughs> well, didn't Ryan Scher live in a closet, too? Or was that a different house? Yeah, he did. He lived in a closet, the, the very one that I just talked about. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan Scher. <laughs> Wait, did you say Ryan Scher? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I said Fudger for some reason. No. Oh, uh, Fudger, Fudger comes up after, actually. Fudger, uh, he, he lived upstairs. And... Um, Anyways, uh, it was such a great time. We built a ramp in the backyard, and it was like the hangout. And um, like one of the first times, like I did well in a contest, uh, I took the winnings and went and bought like an air hockey table. We had a foosball table there. Like it was like it was the dream place to live. Like for like early 20s, late teens, right. and so many, like, so much of the scene would come to, like, our house and, like, party and, like, everything, and, which was always, like, funny because I didn't drink, right. and, but I was just stoked to be a part of it, and right. we'd go and, like, terrorize the local security guards at, like, the mall and whatnot, and, like, it kind of got to a point where uh, we had to stop because Fudger almost got hit by, like, the mall security, like, in like a chicken like game of chicken where like they were like it was in like a V pattern and uh, Ryan was going from one way the truck was going from the other way and then there was a hole in this fence and Ryan like was pedaling his ass off made it through the fence and like the truck had to like and, like almost hit the fence but like Ryan's foot would have slipped like the chain would have broke like he would have been smoked by like the thing, like as we we're like taking off, like cops are coming. It's like, oh, what do we do? Like, should we do anything? I'm like, we should get out of here, dude. <laughs> like, what's up? We gotta like stop going here for a little bit. Like, I think they're like actually pissed that we're, we're riding here. So, um, you you may have covered a two for one because Josh also asked your best Ryan Fudger story. That may be it. <laughs> That's not a bad one. No, there's another. I, I mean. He's been like my brother, like literally, like my, uh, our parents met uh, when we were three and four. Okay. And um, maybe he's five. And um, like, 
he was my first roommate. <laughs> he gave me the chicken pox. <laughs> There's, I, I saw photos. He had a photo of you two on his fridge when he lived in Long Beach. Yeah. And you guys are like, you're, you're, you're children. You're yeah. Like actual children. I, I got Ryan into riding bikes. I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and claim that. <laughs> yeah, and Ryan's he's good. He's yeah. like Is he? He's a he's kind of loose, but he's like fun to watch. He does a lot of cool like big street stuff. Yeah. He is. It's awesome. Did I say little big street stuff? Maybe. No, I don't know. But he's, he's a good biker. Yeah. He is. Good biker. No, that's, that's interesting yeah, because we all associate him with, with media. Yeah. You know, and forget that he's a rider. Yeah. You know, so that's, that's an incredible one, too. Yeah. He's awesome. We'd uh, have days where we'd just go ride in uh, this park in Ladera and, like, he could do all the lines. Like, and he was, like, pushing me to, like, oh, what about there to there? Like, uh, yeah, he's he's up there. Like, Most it, media guys are like, we're, yeah. We're at some the passion point. started. Like, oh, you know what? You're right. The lucky can still ride. Yeah, really Zelensky, good. Zelensky uh, yeah. right. Um, Hayes, uh, anybody like Dobie rides. Uh, I mean, I can I can only think of a handful Jeff, of dudes that don't. Jeffsy, yeah. yeah. Jeffsy, okay. He was like uh, rugged. Yeah. East Coast, like grimy street ride, like yeah. that was like his style. Which yeah. he's yeah. really good. He had like good parts, and uh, they made a the Grizzle video. They made uh, Don't Quit Your Day Job. Okay. Got it. Uh, all right, best Jim Bauer story. Jim Bauer, the Bauer Power Hour. Um, well, that, oh, I'm sorry. That's exactly what Josh said. Best Jim Bauer Power Hour story. <laughs> What's that all about? Jim, like. He's just a force to be reckoned with. Um, he, let's see, uh, on that first um, uh, trip overseas, um, it was with Jim. And I'm pretty sure I wouldn't have gotten into England unless it was for Bauer. Because, like, I get to, like, customs and I don't have any information. If you ever travel, like, have information of, like, who you're staying with, <laughs> like, this stuff. But they're like, uh, how long are you going to be here? I'm like, all right, I got that answer. Um, who are you staying with? Uh, some friends. What are your friends' names? I don't know. I haven't met them yet. <laughs> um, like, I was like, I, I kind of like, I realized that it was ridiculous, so I thought it was funny, and like started laughing. And like, Bauer sees me like kind of struggling over there, and he's yeah. like, "Oh, hey, this is what's going on." Blah blah, blah and like, kind of got me through. But I think I was on my way to be sent back, like yeah. the first time I went to England. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, on that trip. We were like looking at this like kind of wild curve wall ride in Liverpool. Uh, it was like kind of like a Sphinx slant wall. Okay. And um, I think it was me, Rich Hirsch, uh, and Adam Benton, and then like a bunch of like the UK dudes. And none of us, like of the riders, like like I don't know if it's like possible, whatever. All of a sudden. Hey, do you happen to have a phone on you? Yeah. Would you mind taking a picture of us? Yeah, sure. Well, we're, we're doing a big interview, and I'm sure you know these two, right? Yeah. Heroes? Would you mind, like, maybe over there, and just, we're just going to continue the interview. Maybe grab a picture, and then I'll have you send it to me after. It's always cool to have that stuff. Um, sideways is fine. It's probably easier, but we'll just keep doing our thing. Go so, landscape. Yeah, right. So anyway, keep going with your Bauer story. So with Bauer, he, uh, 
we're like all set up at like kind of like getting ready to go back into the van and he just comes barreling through and like blasts like the curve wall ride thing and we're like whoa like no one filmed it no one like did anything it was just like oh this dude is like the dude and like he's loose but like he knows what he can do and like when he puts his mind to something like he can accomplish anything and I think that's just like his like outlook on life and uh, yeah just so creative and everything and uh, it's, it's pretty cool so I'm going to get into the, uh, thanks. thanks. I'm going to give you a phone number to text it to if you could. Yo, I appreciate it. Okay. Hang on one second. I'll write it down. You're going to write the contest? Uh, it's always good to have these. These are great. If you don't mind texting it to that, that would be awesome. Thank you. And hopefully you got to meet a couple of your heroes. Yeah. Oh, really? Maybe I, all right. I don't know what Just whenever you have a chance, <laughs> yeah, just send them over. Right, yeah, for sure. Okay, cool. Thank you. And your name? Thanks, guys. David. David. Yeah, David. Nice to meet you. Your name? My name is Graydon. Good to meet you, bud. What is it? Graydon. Graydon? Yeah. Nice to meet you, too. Nice. We'll be there Monday. Yeah, I have to, I'm going to try and make it up the Rays for sure. Nice. Come, come ride. Show us the local lines. Yeah. For <laughs> sure. Cool. So you guys were here yesterday for the yeah. Welcome Jam? Yeah, we're just riding today. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Are you going to enter the contest? I don't know. I'm... Do it. I'm really tired. I think I might just take it easy today. <laughs> Fair. Yesterday was pretty crazy. Alright, Brian and Van have a good thing going. So if, you, if you're if you on the edge, I'm going to push you right over it. Okay. They're good guys. They're really good guys. There's lots of good stuff for everybody to do it. So anyway. Think about it. In fact, these, guys these, guys, these guys said do it. Yeah, nothing to lose. Yeah, that's right. Nice. All right. So, did, did you, I'm sorry, did you finish the power story because I, I got lost next and I wanted to grab those guys quick? Uh, I think so. All right. Yeah. Cool. I apologize. No, no worries. It's, it's one of those moments in time it's like, wait a minute. There's a kid with, I know this kid's got a phone because every kid has a phone, so. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, what were you going to say? No, I, 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 I was just going to say how Bauer is like fearless. Yeah. Like, that story is totally Jim Bauer, just like fires in, in and out of stuff. Like they'll be, I don't know, I'm always like kind of timid at like new like dirt sets and stuff and like just like, oh no, this is going to work and like just gets it done you're like, alright, like if he's doing it, like I got to do it, like it's fine. Like and that, it, it was always like cool being like when I first got on Odyssey, like being with Jim because Jim was just he doesn't drink he doesn't do drugs either and like yeah but he's also not like a boring dude by any no. like measure he's yeah. like such an awesome human to like hang out with and I, I always found it like really inspiring to like get to spend time with him and like see I don't know how, how, how it works and he's part of Odyssey right yeah yeah um, he uh, yeah he sponsored me like when I was still in high school and um so, yeah. He, he, yeah, he's been great. <laughs> yeah. am, I, am I wrong to say that Jim brought Odyssey into the limelight? Like, So there's kinda... like three dudes from uh, like the New York area, maybe Long Island. They're from Long Island, yeah. Yeah, and uh, Chris, like he got on, uh, he started like designing parts and he was like, uh, it was like, oh, you need to get Bauer in. So Bauer got involved, and it got like to be super creative, and they were doing good parts. 
and um, then they brought in Uno, and like that yeah. that trifecta, like they've just turned the whole right. program around. Um, Which Chris is this, by the way? Uh, I can't say his last name. Okay. It's Katsana. Katsana. Oh, okay. I, I, no, that's okay. Just I've known him for so long, and I wish I could. No, it's okay. <laughs> Just making sure I'm not confusing my Chris's with no. Chris C. <laughs> All right, let's go. With, we'll go with we'll Chris C. All right, so this next but, question. Uh, oh, genius, go ahead. Uh, it's like a marketing genius too. Yeah, yeah. Jim Bauer. Like he's yeah. the stuff that he's done. Remember they did? Well, you were that. They did the uh, no Photoshop with the was it a was it Pegs that they were advertising? Uh, it was you. Pedals. Selinsky. Okay. And then he did it again. Like he sold that to like not sold it, but like like pitched it to Ride. Like, hey, what if we do a uh, Photoshop free Ride cover? And so he he had every intention of doing it, and he like built like the spot. And then like as he was doing, it, he was like, something cooler should be happening here. Hey Gary, you want to come up here and like shoot this photo? I'm like. Yeah, do I, do I want to go shoot a cover photo? Yeah, of yeah. course I want to go shoot a cover photo. Are you kidding me? Like, you already had, like, the sign all painted and everything. And I showed up, like, there was, like, this dirt lip that he built. And uh, he found, like, this billboard in um, Los Angeles. And, like, there was a lip up to the billboard. And so uh, did, like, a downside fast line on it. But, like, uh, the cool part about it was that, like, I had to kind of go low because if I, like, went too high, like, my, we would have been outside of the, yeah. the magazine, so, like, like, oh, you're doing it too high, you gotta go lower, like, it, it was a really cool thing to be a part of, like, I, that was the only, no, there was one other time that I gotta, like, shoot for a... You know you're shooting for the cover. Yeah. yeah. I, I gotta do it with uh, BMX Plus for the 30th, they're like, hey, uh, we want you to, like, go with, like, something classic for the cover, I was like, okay, but, like, yeah, it's such, like, an honor to be able to do something like that. You know, you brought me in because Gary and I know each other oh, well, yeah. but now I'm sitting, like, I feel like I've struck out a couple times, like, oh, it was like this, and like, no, it was like this. So I feel like I'm really learning a lot about Gary. <laughs> How perfect is that? That's, no, you, that's, that's why I do these. Someone you've known for so long that, like, you're still learning stuff. Yeah. So. I, you know what, Chris, that couldn't be more perfect because I'm obviously learning about each of you, but for me, it's in a lot of people that listen, they're going to pick up something. In fact, that you're picking up something is just, it's awesome. Yeah. It's a good thing. I think more of that should happen. I hope that happens in, with every interview. Yeah. I, I had a, one of my best friends after our interview. He's yeah. like, yeah, I didn't know that about you. I didn't know this about you. I'm like, I've known you my whole life. Right. <laughs> <laughs> What's well, so funny? It's good. Yeah. Go ahead, I'm sorry. I was going to, no, it's really good. Yeah. Well, I think the thing with it, and we've talked about this, is having the, the face-to-face interaction and having this this format of yeah. interview is really rewarding. I think it brings out more than if I was to send you a bunch of questions yeah. do it over the phone, which, you know, of course it's a little more work on my part, but it's, it's worth every mile, every, you know, it, it's worth every minute because... I would not get to know Chris as well as I did through ours, and, and you as well as I've gotten to know you. So it's uh, it's a positive thing. So anyway, I'm all for doing things face to face. You know, it's it's good stuff. But we'll we'll close it. There's a couple more, and then we're going to close out on the question that you and I talked about yesterday. Since Chris is with us, I think you know what that one's about. But um, 
Well, good. It's a surprise. Gary's <laughs> <laughs> had a couple times. Yeah. yeah, right. I always like that. Miron, he, he'd like, somebody would come up to him and like, hey, you remember me? He's like, oh, between my drinking problem and the ramp naps, like, no, I'm sorry, man. You know, I rode vert way too long, man. I don't remember anything. Yeah. <laughs> We were just talking about that yesterday. I'm like, I swear I'd met you before, but I probably just saw you on TV. Yeah. You know? So, anyway. Uh, let's see. If you could have one more... This is Josh Hayes again. If you could have one more session at the original Mission Valley Skate Park mini ramp, who would it be with and why? Ooh. Um, man. He always asks me. Yeah. Things. Well, if it was like... Someone, like, if it was just... To ride would be stoked. It'd be like my friends from San Diego that I ride with. That would be like just a good uh, session with the boys. But like uh, to have like childhood heroes there, it would be pretty cool. Like see um, Primate killing it. Like I don't know, all those type of dudes that you're like, oh, these dudes know how to ride a mini ramp. Um, so, uh, but. To answer the question, um, probably Fudger, Hayes, Wong, like, just friends that, like, I get stoked to, to be around. I like it. I think that's perfect. Uh, I just got a shout out to Stu Fent. He asked a question about Dirt Brothers, and we, we covered a lot of Dirt Brothers, so I won't go through those again, but I did want to give him a shout out. And, um, We'll do a quick one on, on from this follower named Chris Birdie. We just wants to know your craziest travel story. Maybe we talked about it already. Craziest travel story. I mean, you already talked about riding your bike from the airport. Yeah. You talked about Italy. Yeah. <laughs> um, hmm. You've been a few places, that's for yeah. sure. Yeah. Dude, I feel so fortunate. Like, getting to actually, like, go to all these... Places that I didn't even know existed really, like in high school. Like I remember the first time I got invited to Estonia, I was like, I had to look up it all on the map. Like, where is this? Where am I going? Um, craziest travel story. How about a favorite? How about, how about a favorite place you've been? I love New Zealand. Uh, Australia is always super good time. Europe's amazing. Uh, Japan, like. So I'm a father now, um, and I went there uh, just before my son was born, and getting to see like how uh, free the kids were to be kids, kind of like, I don't know, how I remember my childhood being, like, they could just roam the streets, and like, they were safe. That, that was really cool to see. I don't know. There, there's so many like good things that happen. It's hard to like choose just one. So, I, uh, yeah. Just, I think mainly like the BMX camaraderie, like going to other places and like being taken in and shown. Like, I, I did this trip with um, Greg Ellingworth uh, called "Make It Happen," and we went through Argentina, and it was such just a great experience. We stayed with like riders the whole time. I got a hotel like one or two nights, but it was a long trip and um, invited us into their homes and it was just one of the most memorable, like great times. I, um, yeah, I, I don't think I'll forget that trip ever. Yeah. Uh, then like, even like this local, like 
driving from San Diego up to the Northwest to like ride parks and stuff, those are some of like the best times that I've had to. We just camp out, like bring a seat bag and sleep on the ground or like in bowls and stuff. And like that's like so much more fun to me than like, oh, what hotel are we staying at? Well, where are we going? Like. Like camping, and like I feel like you, it changes the energy of the trip in a way like that's way better, and like everyone's like communicating more. Like I don't know. Sometimes like on trips these days, like everyone's just on their phone, and you're like, damn, I don't know anything about this dude. <laughs> and when really like I, I, I kind of miss like that whole like getting to know people and like being stuck in situations like and. Not having like the hotel room, like not knowing where we're gonna stay, and like driving around for three hours because like everywhere is like sold out, and you couldn't just go on like your phone and be like, oh, we're yeah. going here. And so like, yeah, it it it's great. Like technology is like you kind of lose some of like the little like, niceties that if, I guess they're not niceties, like they're uncomfortable, but like it's the uncomfortable times that like make for like the good stories. Those are the memories. Yeah. Yeah. We were uh, one a memorable trip. Uh, I was on with Gary. We went to Bangkok, we went to Thailand. <laughs> really? And uh, there was this, like right outside of our hotel, like in that in that that park, there was a sculpture. And it was like a perfect six foot mini ramp. I, I, I mean, it was a sculpture. It was, yeah. it was supposed to be a sundial or something like that. But we're like, oh, we're all gonna get photos on that, and we're gonna ride that, and that's gonna be great. But it was heavily. Uh, guarded by security and so we came up with this like we tried to ride it one day and security comes right over kicks us out we're trying to offer them money to let us ride it and he's like no 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 like we're offering some serious bot yeah the yeah, currency yeah. Yeah. and uh, so the next day we come up with this plan where we're all involved okay Brian's gonna get the photo on the sculpture he's, he did a uh, did a nose pick right? a Canadian nose pick on this thing because it, it, it didn't really have a deck but yeah so, excuse me, we all have this role. Okay, Gary's role was to go on the other side of the fence where the security guard was and do flatland to, distra <laughs> to distract the guard. I was to film it, I was to film Brian. Walter was shooting the photo and Aaron Ross had the easiest job. He was like, yeah, if you guys get caught, I'm the one that's gonna bail you out. Yeah. So he just stayed back, so like, you see in the video, um, Gary? Gary goes over and well, I don't know if there's any footage you do in Flatland. But, I don't know. Okay, it would be Gary, terrible because I'm a really bad Flatlander. But apparently good enough to entertain these guys because they're like, I'm like over there like, hey, check me out. Like, I, like it was self-sacrificing to say the least. <laughs> so Gary's doing Flatland to distract the guard. We're like running, like we're like, okay, Gary's Flatlanding. Let's go. And we all go. We, go, we get set up. I'm filming Brian. Brian's riding and like, Walter's getting the shot, you just hear the, like, the shutter going off, and all of a sudden you hear this whistle start blowing, and we just start running. <laughs> so I turn the camera around, and you see like Walter with his hat flying off, and we're, we're all running through the park, and it was a team, it was a, like a team effort. We pulled it, that was awesome. When I, when I thought of a travel story involving Gary, that's what came to my mind. Nice. Us collaboratively, trying to get so Kaczynski this photo. It was a great photo. Yeah. 
Is it? Yeah. I, I talked to somebody recently, and they're like, oh, I went to, uh, to Thailand. I was like, how was it? Did you ride the thing? They're like, oh, yeah, I got like one run on it. I got kicked out. I'm like, oh, well, what you needed? Yeah, you need, a, <laughs> you need a team in there. That is amazing. It was fully co-op. Like, it's fun. Hey, look over here. Got him. Yeah. <laughs> it's too funny. I'm, I'm glad you remembered that, Chris, because that is a really good story. <laughs> And that involves a whole lot of people. Yeah. Most of the people are here today. That's what's amazing. But um, that's like the way BMX is, though. It's like friends for life. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. I remember like the up. first time when like, do you ever like when you were younger, you saw BMX, you're like, oh, we're buddies, like instantly. Yeah. Yeah. I remember the first time that like I was riding downtown and like saw another BMX. I was like, hey, what's up? And like you kept going, and it's like. Did you not know that you're like part of the cool kids club? Like we're, we're, we're buddies. <laughs> All right, cool. It was probably stolen by I don't know. It had to be, but like. <laughs> yeah. we, were, we were in New York City, Denise and I, a few years ago, just vacation. Yeah. There for a weekend, and we're walking. We're in Manhattan. There's all these kids like uh, sessioning a ledge. They all have like animal hats on, like pretty hardcore street rider East Coast kids. Walking past, and Denise is like, Oh, here we go. Everyone's gonna be excited to see Chris Doyle. I'm like, Eh, whatever. And we walk past, and I'm like, What's going on, guys? And they're like, What's up? And they go back to doing what they're doing, and we keep walking, and Denise goes, How'd that feel? I'm like, okay. <laughs> oh my gosh, like, so perfect. Humbling. Yeah. Hum- humbling right there. Oh, wife, so wife can just give it to you. Yeah, she's like, How'd that feel? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, and, that, and that's typical New York, too. For sure. Oh my gosh, yeah. that is so funny. They didn't know who I was and they didn't care. Yeah. I'm going to pee my pants. I gotta, that's I, great. Can I take a break? Can I go to the bathroom real quick? Yeah. <laughs> and when you get back, we got one last question. All right. Finish it up. Perfect. Then we're good. Real easy. So easy that I can. Uh, potentially, yeah. Um, I've been talking with Will Smith about it. Uh, we talked about it last year for a while and then talked about it again at. Uh, Battle of Hastings, and uh, yeah, I, I was stuck in equipment with Joe, and uh, he would do awesome ones. I'm, I'm really psyched that Chris is going to give it a try. I'm going to, uh, actually, as early as next week, be interviewing Chris Bennett. Who's that? Chris Bennett. Uh, he's a he's a guy he's from Titusville, Pennsylvania, road for SNM. Uh, I want to gather a couple of them, like, maybe gather, like, um, between like five and ten, and then have them come out. And I don't know how Will wants to like market them or, or anything like that, but right. it's definitely it would be through Dig. Cool, sure. So we'll see how it goes. And they've got such a reach. I think you're you're a better person, I think, to do that because you have such knowledge and you don't have that gap that I had. So it's I think it's really cool. Well, I mean, yeah, but he's Chris Doyle, so he's intimidating. Like, <laughs> he is intimidating. <laughs> I, I can tell you that for sure that when I interviewed him. But anyway, but what were you going to say? Sorry. No, I was going to say don't shortchange yourself because I know a lot of people are really into what you're doing. And a lot of people, like I said, I had my best friend saying like, that they learned something about me from listening to the podcast. So, oh, I doing a good thing. Yeah. I appreciate it. And everyone's got their own style. I just think when you're talking about a company's biggest, or, uh, yeah, a media outlet as big as Dig, you're going to have some strong reach worldwide, and I think it's it's a good thing for you to say. I have to, I have to send Will an email, because 
it's always like we talk about it we're like yeah yeah let's do it let's do it and then we like kind of forget about it and then it's like yeah yeah let's do it let's do it and then we forget about it so like yeah. I just need to pull the trigger and start doing right. it I got it well let's get back to the uh, I just bought like a go ahead. mic for Ryan uh Random like it was on group or not group on uh, offer up and anyways uh, I think I can't remember the name I have nothing to add to this stop talking but like it was a really nice mic and like I think it would be good for what you want it was like had like yeah a little box and, that's what I, that's similar to what I have yeah it's the H1 Zoom and uh, a lot of podcasters are using it oh okay. I, there was, I found some guy online, uh, a Scottish guy, and he was just yeah. raving about it and really? saying how like how, how how affordable it is and uh, how you need to get it quick because they're discontinuing them. And um, okay, he's like, yeah, it's the it's the best for the money. Really? So, okay, nice. that's cool. I'll, I'm sure if I continue to do this, I'll I'll start to change equipment. But I don't know. I, I, now, listening to your works. podcast, I kind of like the rawness of it. Like where you hear like the bike riding in the background. Well, I'll, I'll always keep that. I mean, that's kind of been my thing, as, as you know, and as you know now from listening to a few. But I'd like to to hear the moment around us, yeah. you know, in in the sound, like those kids coming up. I'm yeah. not going to edit the kids coming up yeah. and me asking, "Hey, can you take the picture?" Because it it makes the community more involved. Which I'm really more a part of the community as a as a. A fan, and a, I, I mean, I arrive, but not at a high level. So, to me, I'm more part of. Well, we're all part of the community, but I like to include everyone in this this process. Yeah. So anyway, I wanted to get to the last question, which is near and dear to to us three. But this is it was brought up by Keith Tara and someone that goes by Chris BMX One. They said, "How do you balance being a professional rider and a dad?" Um, I'm not a professional rider, but we're all parents. Yeah. So uh, why don't you take that, Gary? Um, so when it was just uh, my daughter and uh, my wife and I, uh, it was much easier because, like, just having one, there wasn't, like, she had, like, a schedules and stuff, but, like, she was young and, like, it was super easy to, like, balance it and... Like, I, I found it really inspiring, like, to, like, I don't know, ride harder and stuff. Uh, but now with two, it's definitely more of a challenge because Lena's getting to the age where she has, like, her own things that we need to do. We have, like, swim class. We'll have, like, dancing. And she, has, she goes to school. And so, like, like, manipulating my schedule so, like, it works and, like, I'm able to, like, still ride on that level. It's... It definitely proposes its own challenges, um, and uh, like my son, like this last trip, he didn't want me to leave. He was like, "No, like you're, you should you should stay." And I'm like, oh, "Like I was going to um, Swamp Fest, and it was like, I'm like I'll be back like in 70 hours. Like we're not going to be gone for very long." But uh, it definitely gets harder, like traveling and whatnot, and the balance. Um, and uh, I, I have a super supportive wife. We live close to family, so that helps. Um, and um, yeah, we just make the most of it. Like it, it, 
I don't know. I, I, the short answer is I don't know how I make it work, but it, it works, and I appreciate it. That it do, does. You, do you think that your kids act as like uh, a governor at all? So like to your riding, do you like if you're gonna do something gnarly or crazy? Do you think like okay, maybe I shouldn't try this, and I'm like. I still have to pick up my daughter. I still have to like, uh, I mean, like physically pick her up. Yeah. Like, I don't want to blow my shoulder out because I want to be able to hold my kids. So I hurt my shoulder in December, and that was my first thought. Like, dude, I'm not gonna be able to pick up little dudes, and like that was like one of the like a thing that I was like, oh, that, that sucks. Like, as I'm like, my friends helping me put my bike in the car, and like, that's that's the, what's going through my head, not like. Oh man, I'm gonna have to deal with like my shoulder being hurt. But um, somehow I lucked out, knock on wood, with that. I, I hurt my shoulder at like the first time I'd ever like popped out. And went to the doctor, and the doctor's like, oh yeah, you're gonna need to like take 10 months off. Like it's gonna be like this whole thing. And like, damn, it sucks. And like, it's always like, like super downer when like, you ever go to the doctor and like you don't get a ride and you ride like most every day that hits hard because you're like oh what do I do with my life <laughs> right um, and so I got called for like a pre-op appointment and like we're gonna supposed to do like the surgery and um, kind of like shoulders feeling better like, like give me a second off the phone and like went and pedaled down the street and like did a couple bunny hops and like some 180s and I'm like I think I might just be able to like rehab this and so I've been like rehabbing it and um, been strong and like feeling good so I, I'm hoping that was just like a fluke uh, it was like one of the one time like that while I was at the doctor's office he's like well, because you're getting older, and I'm like, oh, no, like, that's going to be, like, such, like, the bad thing. And he's like, if this were to happen to you when you were, like, 10 or 20, like, I would say absolutely 100% you need um, surgery. But since you're older and your joints are a little stiffer, you might be good. And I was like, did I just get old men into, like, being good? <laughs> it's not even worth it for us to operate on you, to be honest. There's people far more needy. No, no, you know? like, it wasn't, like, far more needy. It's like, I'm just kidding. Since, since you're just so not flexible, you'll right, be fine. Right, right. <laughs> since you have such old joints that are stuck in their ways, it's right. probably just a fluke that it came out. Being old actually worked in an yeah. advantage. Right. But but to answer Chris's question, does it change your mentality? No, does it, answer, does to... it change my mentality? Uh... Most of the time, I would say no. Like, because there's things that, I don't know, I still have that, like, desire to do things that are dangerous. Like, that's what bike riding is. But, like, it's the psychology of it. Like, you once you, like, decide that, like, all right, I know I can do this. Like, it, it's going to work. Like, I haven't turned that off to where, like, I'm not going to keep seeking out things that I, I want to do and um, and every risk that you take is usually pretty calculated yeah you're not like a you know balls to the walls like like whoa, whoa I didn't know but I was trying it yeah, yeah you usually know what you're doing yeah like everything that I do it's like baby steps like it's been built on from like here to here to here to here and like it's not like I just showed up and was doing 10 foot airs it was like oh okay this was 
to get, there's a long process uh, to get comfortable with right. everything. Um, but uh, filming for Illustrated, um, we uh, was, I was, had my son during that time, and I was at the hospital like during his birth, and like went out to the parking lot. And while I was in the parking lot, I found a ledge that I wanted to do for Illustrated. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> And so, like, these things, like, they just happen. Like, you can't right. turn it off. It, right. Once, like, it's in there, you're, I, like, marked it, like, and even when I went to, like, go, like, do, like, the setup for the thing, like, I, I needed to kind of, like, uh, brick rub the, the ledge because it was kind of, like, bumpy a little bit. And so I just went there with a stroller, and I had, like, the kids <laughs> holding Link in one arm, brick rubbing in the other, and, like... <laughs> Making it all work is, uh, yeah, um, totally would have never done that ledge had not had uh, right. given, just uh, been at the birth of my son. So, uh, wow, that, that was the Lincoln ledge, and it it's, uh, right. it worked out well. <laughs> right. But man, it was scary because like I don't know, there's like a big box like right afterwards so like if you did it like super clean and like went off the end yeah you were going to like get killed like because there was like there was a bot like a big um i think like where they sell tickets or something kiosk and um we went too far to the right there was like a bunch of palm trees and so like it's kind of one of those where you're like all right i'm very limited in like how this works but definitely was stoked when it, it got it done and then as we were leaving like uh, this groundskeeper comes out and like looks at us and like I remember making eye contact and he knew that he'd been had but he didn't know how yet <laughs> and like well see ya <laughs> wow this time you have the stroller doing street while you're doing, doing the riding <laughs> uh, well no, I set up the ledge at a different time like so yeah. I set up the ledge and then came back like the following day or something like that to like go and actually get it done. So it's just, not like I, I had the kids with me like, hey, stranger, you want to watch this kid? Right, right. But on that day, like, uh, so I went from there to like another spot and I only had a certain amount of time yeah, yeah. because I had to go pick up my daughter from uh, school. So it was like, yeah, yeah. like, all right, we do this, we do this, then I got to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just a different version of your trip that you were talking about with Brian, with Brian and uh and the other guys were yeah <laughs> we're trying to make all this happen yeah but Chris how about you I mean you're you're cre you're trying to create this balance as well uh, do you have a some input on that one uh, this isn't my podcast I know I just like your opinion on yeah this yeah how do you make all, it work we're all parents oh I mean uh, well my I, I I've thought about doing certain things before and and I thought about my daughter I'm like well kind of have to watch her and if, if I roll my ankle I'm not gonna be able to chase her around like I need to like she's in that stage so I've definitely I've, I've thought about it like she's definitely been my uh, governor a couple times but like as a pro rider and, and like Gary would know you know you know what you can do you know where your abilities are at and it's usually not taking uh, unnecessary risk it's like okay it might look crazy to someone else, but it's like, no, I, I know what I'm doing, and, and I'm kind of the same way. So I, I kind of trust in myself um, and just kind of hope for the best. And it, being a pro rider, you know that injuries are going to come regardless of how good you are. So 
you just kind of accept it and you, you move on. And that said, there was something that I wanted to do at Swamp Fest, and I don't know if it was just because there were so many people or whatever, but I didn't end up doing it. And uh, it was in like the street park area, and and it was definitely one of those where, like. I could just be happy being healthy right now. Like, I got, like, the, those uh, Vans contests coming up, and, like, we got to go to, like, some pretty cool places, like, and, um, I, yeah, like, I think about things like that. Like, I don't want to miss, like, those trips and, like, that time with the family, like, if something was to get hurt. But, like, getting hurt, like, it, it's not as bitter as it used to be to me because, like, oh, no, I'm hurt. I have to stay home with the family. <laughs> like, right. those, those are my favorite people anyway. Like, you know, so, um, yeah. So I, I, I guess I don't have, like, a negative, like, uh, or not negative, but, like, I don't look at it as, like, sure. Uh, oh, man, I won't be able to um, stay with, like, I need to stay healthy for my family. It's like, oh, if I get hurt, I'll just be with them more. Yeah. So kind of a win-win. Yeah. The reason I always, I think there was a props interview with Matt Hoffman years ago, and Hoffman's on a totally different plane than 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 we are. Like he was kind of going crazy. He did not fear death. He's jumping out of planes. He's riding his bike off cliffs and like. You know, of course, parachuting yeah. out and like doing all this crazy shit. And then when his daughter was born, he's like, okay. And he really like scaled himself back. He's like, what do I really need to do? What do I want to do? And it really like brought him kind of back down to earth. So I always thought about that. I'm like, okay, what what do I need to do? What do I want to do? Like, what's necessary? And, and I, I think, uh, I don't think it's really prevented me from doing anything just yet, but it's definitely something. In, in the, the back, of, your in head, the back sure. of my mind, for yeah. sure. Yeah, there's no doubt you guys are still both killing it. So there's, it's not limiting you, but it's interesting to hear the thought process that goes into, your, you know, into it. I remember asking Monkey uh, Lassic one time because, like, big skater, yeah, right? skateboarder and everything, and he has a family, and I was like, how do you like pick and choose like what you go to? And, like he kind of gave like one of those things like yeah I have to like really like sit down like I'd love to go to all these like events and whatnot but at the end of the day like you kind of had to like pick and choose because you can't be away from your family at all times and like you have to you have to be dad yeah like I same as you and I yeah so like there's been times when like oh that'd be cool but like I can only I remember filming for the Sunday video like oh we're gonna be in Spain for four weeks I'm like cool I'll be there ten like I, I have a ten day trip <laughs> yeah so um, maybe it was three weeks I'm not sure and it was like and it was ten days and like simple session was part of it so like I came to Spain and I was there for like five or six days and then the rest of the time was at the Estonia contest and it was like. That's what I that's that's what I can get right now. Yeah, like right. it's I'd love to go and do that. And like, had I not been, had we not had kids and stuff, like I probably would have been on the whole trip. But yeah, uh, yeah. having a family, it, it changes things. Like your time becomes more valuable, and like leaving to me is harder. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also I think helps. Uh, 
you appreciate your time at home more. So, like, even though like I, I travel a lot for like riding and stuff, the time when I'm home, like, I really get to spend like good quality time at home since I'm fortunate enough not to have a nine to five. Uh, I, I get to spend like really good quality time, and like it kind of re-energizes you to like make good plans to like go to like children's museum, take your kids to the park, we go on bike rides, and we do like all this fun stuff that like. I see dads that do work and like are around their kids all the time, but like since maybe they don't have that like connection, like that disconnect of like being away, they don't get recharged to like, all right, like let's go do all this other cool stuff. Mm -hmm. Like I, I feel like it kind of keeps me like motivated to like constantly like, all right, like now we're going camping, now we're gonna do this, now we're gonna do that. It's, I I find it uh, inspiring. Like even though I have to be away, that it gives me time to come up with new new things to, to do. No, I think it makes perfect sense. I mean, I, and, and we'll we'll kind of wrap it up on this. But um, for me, as as I told you yesterday, my kids are a bit older; they're almost eighteen and twenty one. But I still don't like to be away for too too long. Like I, I I'm still a big part of their lives, or try to be. Right. <laughs> at that age, they sometimes don't want me to be, but. You know, I miss my wife and I miss home. So you yeah. know, you try to do it in chunks, and you do, you know, whether it be a longer trip, and and you just get it done. You have fun. It doesn't yeah. change how much fun you have, but you really look forward to getting home. Yeah. And then having a gap of time off before you do it again. Yeah. So um, anyway, that's my my take on it. But um, do you want to say anything about your sponsors or upcoming events that you're hitting or anything before we wrap it up? Uh, yeah, uh, huge thanks to all my sponsors, um, Vans and Odyssey have uh, been with me since I've been pro and just been absolute greatest people to work with, um, like near and dear friends in the companies and everything, um, so thank you guys so much, I appreciate you giving me the, the opportunity to live the life I've gotten to lead and see the world and um, Share BMX with so many, and um, Sunday obviously too, um, and Life Proof for being able to give me the freedom to do all this cool stuff. I uh, appreciate all of that, and um, mainly my wife. <laughs> she the uh, she uh, is part time single mom when uh, I'm out of town, so. Um, and all from my family and stuff that help out with the kids and so still get to ride kids bikes um, regular my wife and I were high school sweethearts and uh, when she signed up to be like when we started dating I was not a professional bike rider and uh, she knew like that it was always like a passion of mine and so for her to like stick around all this time like oh yeah that'd be cool if you did that and then like none of us thought like it was gonna be like going into close to two decades of like <laughs> right, right, right. It's amazing. So, um, yeah, I, uh, I'm just fortunate for everyone that's let me sleep on their couch and, uh, yeah, share their, their, uh, views and everything with me. I, I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. And thank you for yeah. doing it. Thank you. And thank you, Chris, for sitting in and adding to it. It was excellent. I, I learned a lot by uh, Belgarin. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Likewise. Well, <laughs>
Thank I you really guys. like what you got what you're doing here. So good luck with the, the oh, thank you. The blood. You're mixing the blood. That's right. No, it, I appreciate it. It definitely like I like the name because like when I heard it first, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. That's that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. It's not like you don't even have a choice. It's just there. It's like right. This it's, it's life. Yeah. To me, it was it was like I'd had it for a while, but it never left. So it was it was like that coming back. So yeah. To me, it made sense when I came up with that name. So I'm glad it resonates with you. Hopefully, it resonates with yeah, you, Chris. And yeah. It's good. But thank you both. I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah thanks for All having right. us. Thank you. <laughs>